Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. All of the Cork papers this morning, both the Examiner and the Echo, dominate with uh, Micheál Martin. Um, it's great, actually, because the Examiner and the Echo have uh, lots of photographs going right back through his career. And even before he got involved in politics, they have photographs when he was a teacher. They have photographs of him in secondary school. They have photographs of him playing sport. They have photographs of him in short pants. All sorts of photographs this morning. But some of the beautiful ones that make the papers, of course, was his welcoming and his homecoming on Leaside yesterday and it was rather emotive to watch the video footage uh, from uh, Mark Willington and uh, Fiona Donovan yesterday as family and friends and neighbours all gathered uh, down around uh, Ballinlock to welcome him home. So it's a big day for the parish, not just of uh, Ballinlock, but indeed Turners Cross as well, and Cork. And people had a rendition of the banks as well, which was lovely to see. And there's people of all ages, and many of the papers this morning have photographs and articles of the moment. The proud moment for Mioha Martin, but also for Cork, as they put it in the Echo today. Happy homecoming is a story from the Echo as well. The broadsheets, the, the red tops talk about the Taoiseach having a love-in by the banks of the Lee as he returns as a hero. There is fury. They've hit their first wobble on the road at this time, at this stage. The first speed bump is the fact that the cabinet has zero representation for the west of Ireland. And I think zero also, if I'm correct, down in the southeast of the, of the country. So they compare it. Ministers compared to Cromwell as rule of rural Ireland is abandoned, abandoned. In the West. Um, mind you, we'll come back to that as well. The welcoming on, on Lee's side was not tarnished by that. Derek O'Leary's uh, exclusion as well was another story that uh, many people within Fianna Fáil themselves were livid over. But today is the day when so much more uh, gets back to reopening. Uh, really and truly, like the list is probably the strongest article on it is uh, an exa- an starting the Echo today, where they say the Cork's most loved restaurants, cafes, bars bring life back to the city from today. We're talking about restaurants, of course. We're talking about pubs that serve food. We're talking about hair salons, uh, nail dre- na- hairdressers, barbers, nail and brow salons, beauty salons, spas, tattoo and piercing services, uh, chiropodies back, massage therapy, acupuncture, reflexology, all back this morning. All adult education facilities, creches, childcare, preschools, summer camps, youth clubs, all back this morning. And the list goes on. It talks of museums and galleries and um, you know, cultural outlets, cinemas with distancing between seats, music venues that can do it, leisure facilities, um, fast tracking the lifting of restrictions, bingo halls, arcades, amusement parks, religious buildings, indoor gyms and exercise facilities. And also uh, we have, uh, you know, changes as well with regards to indoor and outdoor, outdoor gatherings. So I'll come back to that. But cafes are back this morning. Uh, restaurants and bars that serve food. And the bookings have been good as pubs operating as restaurants uh, do their best to, you know, rejig their premises. So the Irish Times talks of that in quite some detail today. The loveliest photograph of them all, I I missed this this morning actually, is the front page of the Echo today with uh, Micheál Martin being reunited uh, with his wife Mary. She is the most wonderful woman. She's just an incredible powerhouse of a mother and a a wife and just a super individual in her own right. And it's a great photograph with hugs and big smiles. It's a super photograph captured uh, by uh, the papers this morning, particularly Echo. But it's a happy Monday after three long months. The boozers, the barbers and the bookies. Guess what paper that is? You guessed it, the sun. Boozers, barbers and bookies are back. Over 3,000 pubs reopen after 106 days this morning as they're serving up, as they call it, I hate using it, but the papers do. They're serving up the new normal. You can go and get a haircut now. 
You can go and book a hair salon if you can get in today. Lovely photographs of Claire Nash and the insides of the Echo and Idaho Cafe as well, all back in business. If you fancy a pint, though, you'll need to give your name and address. So no messing about that. If you're asked for a name and address, give it. It's all about tracing and contact tracing and things like that. So that's it. Face masks are compulsory as well from today on public transport. Other stories that are kind of oh, very much COVID-19 related is that Ryanair pilots are being told either bypass your unions Take a pay cut or you'll be fired. It's a story from The Sun today. And for those stories that I'll be dealing with a little later on, people who can't get refunds from Ryanair, I don't understand why you can't because the ruling from the Department of Foreign Affairs is still not to go on foreign holidays. So that's another one that makes the papers because there's people who are out thousands of euro. Papers also talk about a surge of coronavirus in the UK and because of lifting restrictions. You saw the carry on and nonsense in the UK with many people. And the English city of Leicester is likely to be the first city in Britain to be put into a local lockdown, which is on the cards for areas where there are spikes and clusters. So that will go into uh, the first local lockdown in the UK, back into lockdown for a second time. And of course, as the weather improves and people get a bit more freedom, unfortunately, uh, they litter. And there's a story in the Echo today of just any amount of litter is bad, but this is just beyond belief down around Crosshaven and Myrtleville and photographs uh, taken locally of young people having a little little bit of a what, big party and little respect, I suppose. And I love this one. Um, musicians now are threatening to sue... Donald Trump, if he keep, they keep, if he keeps on using their music, the estate of Tom Petty is going to sue him. And now the Rolling Stones are saying, if he doesn't stop using their music, like particularly, you can't always get what you want. And songs like that, which he uses, um, as he goes about, um, as he goes about meeting the public and having rallies, they're going to sue. Um, papers also talk today of the latest piece of research with regards to aging. Anti-aging, use the old rockers, use the likes of the Rolling Stones or an old bit of Queen or a song from Wham or Kylie Minogue and sing it out loud because warbling and singing the classic hits for five minutes a day gives you feel-good hormones like dopamine and that helps to rejuvenate aging skin. So singing out loud like no one's watching, great for the skin, keeps wrinkles away. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco, we'd like to ask all our customers to respect our dedicated times for our over 65s and family carers. All right, so text 868 Pick up the phone on one 106 and we'll plow through the morning at a fast old pace. I was mentioning earlier on about people who have holidays booked, right? And the direction from the Department of Foreign Affairs is not to travel. And a lot of people were getting or the promise of a refund or the promise of, um, you know, a rebooking at a later time. Unfortunately, I'm starting to see a lot of emails coming in now and texts from people who aren't getting any, um, you know, decent response by way of a refund or rebooking um, from Ryanair, particularly if their flights are coming up this week or next week or the week after, or if they're going to places like Portugal. So with that in mind, Rosari, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? We're talking about a substantial amount of money here, 2,100. What's the story behind it? Um, it's my brother and his wife and my two nieces and my parents were due to travel to Faroe, Portugal on Thursday. Right. Ryanair. Right. And all they want to do is transfer their flights to next year, but they're expecting to pay a waiver fee of over 500 euros, which I think during the pandemic is very, very unfair. So the flight was due to go Thursday to Portugal. Why aren't they going? 
because my parents are in their 70s and it was just too dangerous and during the COVID-19 and both of them work and wouldn't be able to go back to work for 14 days because of quarantine. It's not affordable. Right, so they contacted Ryanair and said, we want a refund or a voucher, right? Or a voucher to transfer their flights to the same time next year. Right. Not, not, they didn't really want to refund, Neil. They were quite happy to transfer their flights to next year and travel next year or out to Pharaoh again. And they told them under no circumstances without paying a waiver fee. So they were willing to do it, but there was a fee of €500 Euro involved. Over €500. Euros. It's over €500, Euros, yeah. Okay. Um, is it because they, they figured that prices will be dearer next year? They can't really say that, though, can they? You can't really tell. No, they, they, no, they can't really comment on anything like that. They're not. They're not. They're not even commenting. They're not being very. They're not being very approachable. Being honest with you, they just want them to travel. If they're not going to travel on Thursday, and they want to transfer their flights, they're expecting this huge amount of money, which is crazy. And what were they doing? What were they doing for everybody else who was, you know, supposed to go on holidays over the last two or three months or over the rest of the year? Weren't they offering um, vouchers or promising refunds? They were supposed to be at the start. That was that was what we were aware of. Or they were going to offer to give a refund or give a travel voucher to travel at a later date. I know, so, no way. So what are you going to over five hundred euros? What are you going to do? Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I, I don't see why they should waive that kind of money. And I don't think that I don't think they're prepared to pay another five hundred and fifty euros at least to hold on to those flights. Did they? Did and they at any stage say anything about well, the flights are going. If you're not on them, that's your problem. Yeah, that's, that is exactly what they said. Okay. That's okay. exactly what they said. If they're not in the airport, in Cork Airport, and Thursday morning to travel, that's your own problem where it's like. See, what I don't understand about that is the Department of Foreign Affairs, the warning is still up on their website about going on foreign holidays. Don't do it. Yeah, well, that's what we're aware of, of course. That's what we're aware of. And that's why we don't, I don't want my parents travelling on that flight or my brother and his wife either and children. It's just too dangerous. So all the warning. people don't travel. So why are I allowed to do what they're doing? And your dad's seventy nine. Your mother's eighty. Do they have underlying health issues? They have uh, heart problems. Yeah, both of them. So they they couldn't really uh, travel. You know. No, no, it's not possible. It's just not possible. And, and anyway, and anyway, por- yeah, anyway, Portugal is still. It's not open for business, is it? Or it's not recommended that are they accepting tourists? Um, I think they're accepting tourists, but um, it's just it's just not safe, neither. It's just not fair. Hang on, hang on there a second. Yeah, hang on there a second. Deirdre, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How okay, what's your own scenario? Um, my situation is I was due to fly with my family of five on the 2nd of July to the 11th of July to, from Cork to Ria. And I rang them a couple of times. I've been waiting nearly 40 minutes on hold. And I spoke to a lady and she said to me after a long conversation that we that I would be getting a refund at some stage but I could wait in ten weeks. Yeah. I told her my son has cannot fly, he's not fit to fly. I have a GP letter, I had I had sent it on Tuesday night, but I had no confirmation to say it had, they had received it. So I was ringing her about that and after about forty five minutes speaking to her, she said that we would be getting a refund. Yeah, sorry, it's, no, a, it's an atrocious line. What did she say? I would be getting a refund. You would be or you wouldn't be? I would be. When about an hour passed and I got an email from Ryanair saying, we sympathise with your circumstances, 
but you cannot get a refund because this flight is going ahead on ah, the 2nd of July. Because yeah, the flight yeah, is going, and if you're not on it, that's your problem. Exactly, you know. I mean, they've given me no options at all, not even like to rebook it for next year. They have nothing whatsoever to me, you know, and I'm not willing to risk my How much money, money are you talking about? Um, it's 2400 Nearly, yeah. That's that's even more than Rosari's family at two thousand one hundred. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, I have a GP letter from my doctor stating that my son is not to fly pandemic. You know, normal time could have, but not. No, he can't because he's been to Tempest. So what? All right, I'm not going to keep you much longer, Deirdre. The phone line is shocking. What, what did they say? You said we can't fly, we don't want to fly. Uh, the Department of Foreign Affairs says don't fly. Our son is vulnerable, medically not fit, and pandemic is on at the moment. And they said no, we're not giving you any refund. We we sympathise with your circumstances, but you were in our terms and conditions. Go back to your travel insurance, which I don't have because we would normally book it say a week before we go with my healthcare. I did a yearly one from Leah. Right. But I hadn't done that. But they've said, go go to your travel insurance, which you don't have because we're not giving you a refund, a voucher or a rebooking. Nothing. Nothing. Exactly that. Nothing. And that's true. July July 2nd is only a couple of days away, isn't it? Is Thursday. So what are you going yeah. to do? I don't know what I'm going to do, Neil. To be honest, I'm just, you know, I'm going to ring them again, just send another email. I don't know what to do, you know, it's great. And if I do, I'm on a private group regarding flights for Sanguli. And there's a few people on it that they have been told they're getting a refund and some of these flights are the 9th of July. Why are they getting a refund? Earlier. Why are they getting a refund? I don't know. Okay. Are they trying to half the plane? For distancing? I don't know. All right. Okay. To, you know. Okay. Not a great line. Uh, so, Rosari, are you going to pay? Thank you. Thank you, Deirdre. Stay listening. Are you going to pay there? Are they going to pay the 500? No. No, I don't think so, Neil. I don't think so. No. So, you're just they're going to walk away from 2,100 euro? Well, I, I'm hoping with your help that you can convince Ryanair to push out their way for people one year during COVID-19. Okay. This is my reason to speak to you this morning that maybe with your with your encouragement yeah, yeah, that and we're, push and away And we're awaiting a response from Ryanair, which I am expecting before uh, before midday. So I'll get back to you, all right? Okay, great. No, thanks, Cheers thanks for, for now. Andy Appreciate says, it. I booked a flight with Ryanair and I'm due to fly to France on Friday. Tickets cost €1,200. The Irish government advises against non-essential travel, so I'm not going. I rang their customer service desk, was on hold for over an hour and was told twice that it is safe to travel. The flight is going, so I'm not entitled to a refund. So I should take the advice of Ryanair over our government. That's absolutely disgraceful. Actually, there is a lot of confusing messages, and I think that's exactly what, what Pat Dawson is, is, is saying this morning. Pat Dawson of the Irish Travel Agents Association, and he joins me by line, by phone. Pat, good morning. Good morning, Neil. So who are we supposed to be listening to? Well, Neil, we've been talking about this for months since last March as such, and nothing has been done about it. It's totally contradictory what's going on as such. Uh, there's thousands and thousands of people in the same boat as such. Um, you know, if, if the flight's cancelled, the EU 261 kicks in, and uh, you get your money back or a voucher back, whatever. Uh, but if, if it's not cancelled, uh, you don't get anything back. 
And uh, one thing I've noticed, and we are uh, working in the trade, have noticed that on some airline systems, if you put in uh, uh, your reference number or reference number, uh, we've we've seen it where they know you have already booked, and then prices are are upped when the, when there's a booking already in the system. We've seen that uh, working throughout the system over the last couple of months, where where there's a different price for somebody already booked, or and a different price for somebody who's going to book. But why? Like already in the space of 20 minutes, I've totaled 28, 345, nearly 6,000 euro worth of flights from an email and two callers. That, that, that money's just gone. And then others say that they are getting refunds. Others are getting vouchers. And in one case, offered a waiver fee to move to next year, 550 euro. There, there, no, there seems to be all sorts of different information for different customers, isn't there? There is really, but if if you're if you're um, if you're booked on a flight and the flight's going, um, they, they will charge a waiver fee to to next year, and and the reason why uh, the charges are are so high is that many many people already shifted uh, to next year as such, knowing that uh, certainly in July flights were in danger. All right, and that's been proven now. So it's it's an ongoing problem. Um, we've spoken to the different government departments uh, over the last since last March that. Um, I mean, the same thing is happening right throughout the year so far to the States. We've seen it and much more money. I mean, it's the fortune money you're talking about, but much more money where flights are going to New York, they're going to Boston and they're going to Chicago. People aren't allowed to board. I mean, Dublin Airport, never mind get to the States because the border is closed mm-hmm. and such. And, and, there's, uh, and there's no refund. It's, there's no joined up thinking. And we've used this word, I've done it many times, but... Uh, you know, the new government, what I've heard so far, are certainly seem to be anti-travel. I've heard, um, and, and the medical profession want to shut us all down as such, and I respect their opinion, but, uh, you know, there's jobs at stake here, and there's families' jobs at stake, so from that point of view, you know, um, certainly we're waiting on the, the 9th of July, when we're looking for another announcement of, of these air bridges, but we live in hope. Yeah, so th- what we know about that is that on the 9th of July, people will be able to travel to countries in the air corridor, safe countries, and when they come back, they won't have to quarantine for 14 days when they come home. But people caught now and between now and then, like the people that I'm talking to, do they just have to forego the money then? Neil, they do. I'm, I'm sorry to have to say, but that's... Is the, there nothing uh, that they can do? No, there's nothing There's nothing can can do. And it, it is crazy. I mean, it's crazy that the Department of Transport are allowing airplanes to fly and the Department of Foreign Affairs are saying you cannot go. Well, you can go. I mean, you can go, but I mean, you don't get you you, you forfeit your your, your uh, insurance, your travel insurance, and and and, and people, you know, seventy percent of people would have travel insurance, and, and it's very very important to have as such. But, but that is the contradiction, and that has been there for months. But so why would travel insurance pay out? Should the flights leaving? This should travel insurance won't pay out, will it? Well, it, it it won't pay out. No, it won't pay out. I mean, because if, when you see non-essential travel by by the by the by the government yeah. the DFA, it means they're you're, they're saying you're not to go, and therefore, if the government is telling you not to go, well, the insurance cannot kick in. So the government is saying don't travel, certainly not before the 9th of July, and then transport department are saying um, flights can go. Correct. 
Sure, that's a complete nonsense. And is it, are, are, my, are these people that I'm talking to, 2,800, 2,100, 1,200? I see another one here for 1,600 euro um, due to uh, COVID. This is, actually, this is to Cancun, Mexico. That money's gone as well. Like, did they leave it too late? No, they didn't leave it too late. No, they, they didn't leave it too late. Now, certainly, you know, uh, everyone is living in hope and, and people sort of expected some flying to go on. But certainly maybe two or three months ago, four months ago, the availability for for 2021, um, you know, might have been a little bit better. But it wouldn't have changed that much uh, as such. But when you're trying to change it uh, at, the, at the last minute, and I, I, I listened to those cases there this morning, and I totally understand why they, they don't want to go, particularly with family uh, you know, uh, that have health issues as such and, and, and that. Now, I mean, you know, many of these places like Portugal and Spain and France uh, were, were, were waiting on numbers as such and, and certainly we expect them to be in, in the green corridor. Yeah. But listening, listening, Neil, to, to, to uh, comments from the, uh, the leader of the Green Party last night, listening to the, 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 the medical people this morning and so forth and so on, uh, uh, you know, at the weekend, I was confident that, that certainly something will be decided positively uh, come come ninth of July. Remember, they're, they're making the decision there as such, so that doesn't mean that the next day that the corridors will be open. It'll probably take a week or two, or if they're going to be open. And so, if somebody goes me, on holidays this week and goes away for a week or ten days or a fortnight, there's a chance that they'd have to quarantine when they come back. Correct. Yeah, and, and, and again, that's not a law. It, you know, the, the law is not there. The law is that you must fill out the form, but the law is not there that you must quarantine. It's a guidance. Okay, so where are we going to go with this? I mean, like, uh, is there any point even talking to Ryanair if all they're going to say is, sorry, the flight's going, if you're not on it, tough luck? Uh, I, I doubt it very. I doubt it very, very much. Uh, I think they should, should do something about it in the present circumstances. You know, and, and, and travellers are walking around the clock with them and, and with Aer Lingus to try and avoid this situation. Are Aer Lingus the same as Ryanair on this? Aer Lingus would be. Yeah, all airlines are the same. All airlines are the same. I mean, with the with the, the two six one, um, which is in European law. Even if it was a local law, you could change it, but it's not as such. Um, and every every airline is is saying the same. Unfortunately. And maybe, maybe uh, the new government and, uh, you know, the, the power that we have now in Cork, maybe uh, they will do something about it. But it needs government intervention. There is no doubt about it. The DFA need to, need to, need to lift that as such. Otherwise, there's not only thousands, there's millions of euros Le- will be lost. What would that, what did you seem that you mean the Department of Foreign Affairs needs to lift the warning, travel. warning the against non-essential travel? Yeah, non-travel. yeah. That's what they need to do. And we've been on to that department as such, uh, directly, okay. uh, not not today, but many, many weeks ago. And of course, you know, medical advice, and which I which I respect as such. Uh, but Neil, with, with, I mean, with the news I read this morning where Ryanair are looking, to, talking about pulling out of Cork uh, because of a, a, an airline st- uh, strike or possible pilot strike, both Cork and Shannon. And, and you know, this Because the pilots won't take a wage cut, isn't it? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Something like that. I just read it briefly this morning as such. And, and certainly, you know, uh, the region needs the help uh, uh, in tourism. And I mean, inbound and outbound, not alone. Of course, I, I, I'm going to be 
promoting outbound tourism and paid to do that. But I mean, inbound tourism as well, because if you haven't got an outbound, you haven't an inbound. Okay. And certainly you do it, you know, you do it with caution. Of course you do it with caution. But, but, but there's no point in giving the, the patient medicine when it's too late. As such. So, okay. So uh, what we know, sir, is that people really are being forced to travel or lose their money. That's it in a nutshell, yeah. Okay, all right. Thanks for that, as always. Pat Dawson, the Irish Travel Agents Association. Your calls on this are welcome. Your texts as well. And I have more emails and texts regards to cancelled holidays, restrictions, confusing advice and stuff like that. It's unfortunate, really, but this is the world we live in. I had been hoping to talk about other things, and I will too, you know, happier things with regards to, you know, can go anywhere in the country now from today. You can cross borders and stuff like that, although I think people have been doing that anyway from the anecdotal stories I've been hearing about. But uh, at the weekend, of course, we had... Um, and the new government, the new doll, we know the ministerial portfolios, we know the makeups of the party, and of course we know who's going to be Taoiseach. And he arrived home over the weekend to a huge big turnout, bunting and clapping and singing the banks on Leaside. Micheál Martin. On the banks of my just here to welcome him back. Thrilled, absolutely thrilled, really well deserved. I think he'd be a brilliant Taoiseach for everybody, for the whole country. Long time coming, but well deserved. And he'll be a brilliant Taoiseach. He's an f- amazing person. He's a fantastic person. When I saw the result of the general election last February, I wouldn't have expected this at all. <laughs> um, the three-way divide, really, and the and four-way divide with three big parties. You know, we're very proud of him in Ballinock. Um, you know, he's, he's been hard-working in the community for a very long time. Um, and it's great to see one of our own become Taoiseach. And I think it's very well-deserved as well. You know, he's a long record in the dial. And, uh, you know, we've seen it around here in Cork, the, the great work that he's done. Do you think it would be good for Cork for the next two years? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've got three senior ministers, I suppose, in Cork. But, you know, I suppose the Taoiseach country, it's not just about Cork. But um, obviously it's nice having them there and, and, you know, have a lot of Cork projects on the agenda. Um, so, you know, we look forward to what the next couple of years will bring. Uh, it's not every day the Taoiseach rocks up to your neighbourhood, so um, it's great. Um, so, you know, it's, it was them all the best now next few years and um, you know, no doubt it's a tough job but um, he's up to the task I think. We have a great sense of community around here you know um, and you know we all look out for each other and I suppose it's just great to see to see the crowds here today to welcome him home because it was tough yesterday for him not having his family there so it's great that we were able to give him some bit of a welcome. Uh, I want to thank my neighbours in the first instance because um, you know we, we've had a lovely um, friendship here I suppose since we first came in here um, so we've lived here all our lives um, so I'm 26 um, so yeah 30 years we've we've been living here and they've been living here so yeah that's such family friends for that long I suppose it's just so normal for me because I've always lived next door to him all my life um, he's always been our neighbour so yeah to me he's just a regular good neighbour a great guy and it's very exciting though but yeah nothing will change for me anyway I suppose it's kind of been a bit of a crazy whirlwind and I feel in the end it kind of all came together quite quickly for him but it, I suppose it really has been a long road at the same time I mean he's been doing what he's doing for so 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 many years like he does really deserve it and I think it's been a bit of a boost at the end of quarantine to have this you know going on and so many people do like relate to him like in definitely in Balnock Parish but even further feels like he's just such a a relatable trusty figure I guess so it's great yeah great for the parish and in fact I remember from Local Balnock Tennis Club and he was too so he was you, very good to the club very did you, good did you ever play against him no he's I, in fact he's been so busy obviously he hasn't been able to play for the last I'd say 10 12 years do you reckon well, you'd be <laughs> It'd be a tough dog, I said. He's, he's so determined. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't take too many prisoners. 
bit of a buzz after all this kind of pandemic stuff we're going through. This is a nice relief. Leo Vertker said to me during the week, you know, he said, look, I've taken Collins's down to the portrait of Michael Collins. Uh, and I said, well, actually, I might put it back up. And I'm going to put De Valera next to him uh, in the Taoiseach's office, just to symbolise what has happened in terms of, 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 of the formation of this government. And we'll find a place for a bust of Jack Lynch too, you know. All right, it's going to be a very, very packed um, Taoiseach's office with Collins, De Valera and Jack Lynch all in it. He calls it the end of civil war politics. Mary Lou MacDonald call, calls it a power grab for the sake of power. That and lots more besides after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. So in a lengthy chat with Michal Martin, of course, last week, congratulating him and going through uh, all different issues involving him being Taoiseach and, of course, the significance for it on Leaside. Uh, under different circumstances in a different time, if things have been handed differently, it could well have been Mary Lou McDonald that I was having that conversation with, but it is not to be. She joins me by phone. Mary Lou, good morning. Good morning, Neil. So under another time and set of circumstances, it could have been you, as the old song says. How do you feel about that? Yes, well, sure, look, um, it was Hall Martin's day. He has been returned as Taoiseach and you can hear the the joy and the celebration correctly in his amongst his family, his community, who are delighted for him. And I'm sure the people Lee side, um, whatever your politics uh, and whatever your wider view, uh, like to see a Cork man uh, doing well. Mm. So, um, so of course, I mean, I, I on a personal level, I wish Hall nothing but the best. This is this isn't about personalities. Ultimately, it is about politics and. For my part, my job now and Sinn Féin's job is to lead a very energetic, very positive, very determined opposition because we got our we got our riding instructions from the electorate. We we got a very strong vote, as you know, not least in Cork. We've Tommy Gould, we've Donoghue O'Leary, we've people elected yeah. across the board now, and we we are very clear that our job is to deliver on housing, yeah. Yeah. To deliver on health. So I, I looked. Their toes I looked to at fire. that. I looked at that list because I, I watched your speech in the Dáil, and you went in about on yeah. about healthcare. These are, these are the topics you dealt with: healthcare, housing, uh, childcare, affordable childcare, a united Ireland. You spoke about carers, dis- people with disabilities, young yeah. people, elderly, uh, and a greener world. It struck me as like the Bursty Bassets, all sorts. You know, um, not unlike all other political parties. You all have the same list. We well, see. It's not just about having a list, uh, Neil. It, it's about what are you going to what are you going to do about things. So, for example, on the issue of housing, and housing was core to the campaign. The question is whether or not now this new government is on the right track or not. Whether or not they can actually deliver affordable, and let me emphasise affordable housing. Whether or not they're prepared to intervene to ensure that rents are affordable. And I looked at the programme for government that they produced. It's very long. Um, But the housing section is particularly concerning because it has Finnegale's fingerprints all over it. It is a recipe for more of the same. Uh, It's very, very underwhelming. It's very concerning. So our job now as opposition is not to 
simply give out about that. We have to get stuck in. We need to be absolutely firm and insistent that the right things are done rather than yeah, repeating the wrong that, approach. That's the role of opposition. And we're yeah. we're going to do that. But where were you for the last three months? I mean, you were so quiet, Sinn Féin, during the whole COVID-19 crisis. Ireland recorded very, very questionable statistics internationally. I think we're the fourth worst in Europe and the eighth worst in the world with regards to deaths per million. But you seem to have been asleep for the past three months. Well, that's not true. I mean, you have to bear in mind that uh, every part of Irish life, including politics, got closed down. So the doll wasn't operating in its normal way. The, the, the committee system wasn't operating. You had a caretaker government um, in the eye of the storm, but also the ones making the calls. And there was naturally, I mean, of course, um, a, a media, an entire media focus on what they were going to say or do next. Um, and far from being quiet, we were actually extremely busy, Neil, and where the government got things right in the eye of a deadly virus, we supported them uh, and we, we more than uh, lifted our, our load in terms what? of uh, doing things to keep people safe. Where, where they got things wrong in terms of nursing homes, in terms of testing what and did you say? But and what did you say about nursing homes when people were roaring and screaming for PPE and they were borrowing it from painters and decorators, staff in nursing homes? Or, or indeed the, 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 the shambles of a start with regards to actually testing people? Well, I had a lot to say on testing because I was just one of the very, very many people who was tested and waited and waited and went through the whole nightmare of having the illness and I only got my result when I was coming out of it. So I had plenty to send up once I got better. But my party colleagues, uh, and in this regard, Louise O'Reilly, our health spokesperson in particular, has, has been extremely vocal, extremely vocal and extremely engaged with the HSE, with the chief medical officer. Um, bearing in mind also, uh, Neil, that once this crisis came about, it was Sinn Féin, it was myself, in fact, who insisted that Leo Varadkar bring all of the political leaders together because I knew at that stage we need to have more than, a, you know, an observer role in terms of how all of these things were handled. Um, we were very, very uh, upfront and ahead of the curve in terms of the need to close down the schools, the need to contain this, whereas we understood absolutely just how dangerous the situation was. So, no, we have, we far from being asleep. And by the way, while we were doing that work, we were still at that stage in touch with other parties um, and putting our, our very best foot forward uh, in terms of looking to to form a government, um, a government that would, would have better housing policy. And that, and, that, and that ended up not happening. And that's why you said it was a power grab. I think you called it jaded um, politics or jaded parties yeah. with jaded ideas who circled the wagon to keep us out. Yeah, that's what happened. Um, that is, and but that's democracy, that, isn't that democracy? The way the of course, the votes fell. Listen, of course, listen. There is nobody disputing the fact that the Dáil met, Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, the Greens, and a, a number of independents have elected um, Michal Martin as the Taoiseach, as the leader of government. There's no dispute there. There's no dispute as to the fact that that happened and that that is. Um, 
that's the way the system works and that's democracy in action. But what happened prior to that and what gave rise to that um, outcome is something that was about keeping Sinn Féin and then more broadly that appetite for doing things differently and for a change, uh, keeping that out. And um, you will recall and you'll have heard um, Fianna Fáilers, Fine Gaelers openly say that, that this was, they were keeping us out and that was that. And you might take the view, well, look, that's politics and they're entitled to do that. Or you might take the other view that I take, Neil, and it's this, has nothing got to do with me, has nothing got to do with my elected colleagues, but I happen to think when more than half a million people vote in a particular way, I think there's something very, very high-handed, there's something arrogant, there's something not good about saying we will deliberately connive to keep the party that won the largest amount of votes even out of talks about government. That's problematic. They call it the end of civil war politics now, though. You heard me all, Martin, refer to a portrait of Dev, a portrait of Michael Collins in the same room. Would they be turning in their graves, do you think? I don't know. I think it's I think it's always very difficult and problematic to speak on behalf of those who are no longer with us. I think the we all think and agree. I'm sure the the civil war was a tragedy. The partition of our country has been an absolute disaster, um, and the quarrel at the time, pro and anti treaty, Republican and or, or free state, was very very deep. And as you know, Neil, and people in Munster and in Cork, it divided families. It divided. Yeah, but can brothers. I just ask you about um, that with regards to the yeah. young vote? You're very very strong in the young vote. You're very strong on social media. Yeah. I've seen that. Um, very effective, but. You know, I don't know that young people get the civil war politics anymore. I mean, you know, like, are you a populist party, really, that got a populist vote from young people, but then, like, wouldn't be able to deliver anything beyond that? Like, say, for instance, with business, the self-employed, the multinationals, they don't trust Sinn Féin. Like, they, they would, they would, they would panic at the thought of you actually having the control of, say, money, for instance. I, I, I notice um, when Sinn Féin does well, there's always this attempt to kind of explain us away, you know, so we're, we're populist or we're this or we're that. We are an Irish Republican Party. We are about a fair Ireland. We are about a socially inclusive and equal Ireland. We're about a united Ireland. We're about an Ireland in which every citizen, doesn't matter where you come from, whether you're from the north side of Cork or the south side of Cork or where you're from, that you get an equal... No, I, I, know, I know you're saying that, but I'm just That's telling you those that are... I'm just talking about those that would yeah, be uh, kind of ap- apprehensive of a, a populist party without any substance. But we're not populist and we do not lack substance. And it, can I tell you... But don't they the think reasons, that, though, I, those that are afraid of Sinn Féin I know, and but sure, listen, listen, of course they say that. Listen, Neil, for almost a century... The same two political political parties have ruled the roost here and they've run things and they want to keep it that way. And they are not going to allow others, i.e. Sinn Féin or other others, independents or uh, in, um, in to upset that apple cart. That's what this is about. This, from the, the election onwards, this is about power. This is about who holds power and how power is used, who benefits from the kind of government that we have. That's what this is about. So, of course, I mean, I'm grown up enough and I'm long enough 
in political life to know. Your critics will throw the kitchen sink at you. But I know who we are. We know who we are. So, and the people who come out and who support us, and more importantly now, who depend on us. I'm very clear on this. People are depending on us in Sinn Féin as a strong party, as the leaders uh, of opposition, to actually deliver now. So let me say to your so, listeners, we're not, revert, we're not reverting back to how things were, Fine Gael, uh, style housing policy, totally unaffordable people tearing their hair and all of the misery that comes with that. So sit back, so sit back and, and so, so yeah. just so sit back now and let them make a hames of it. Go back into the no, next well, election with... Neil, where did you hear me saying that we are sit back? I, I don't know you hugely well. I would have thought you would know me well enough now that I'm not a woman for sitting back. Sitting back isn't in my in my psychological or political makeup. It is our job to get things done. And far from sitting back, um, we will be absolutely clear in holding this government to account. But even more than that, we are going to force this government onto, into places where they don't want to go because we will get affordable housing. We will get that affordable. We will have movement on. I know, but you see, you know, you see movement on health investment, and that is our pledge. And we will do whatever it takes, and we will be extremely forceful and fair and progressive, and we'll bring forward our ideas. We 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 want to share them. We want to see them implemented. But far from sitting back, sitting back is not on the agenda. No, what I mean by that is let them implode amongst themselves. There's three of them. There's already a fury, and they're only 12 to 24 hours old. You know, the, you know the issues in the west of Ireland where there's zero cabinet yeah. representation inside in Fianna Fáil. They're livid over, livid over the snubbing of Derek Leary. Let them bring down their own houses. Well, look, I mean, that's that's the, the, the game, if you like, of politics. And I saw that I, I was myself taken aback when I saw, it's only when I actually saw it on a map and you see pictorially where where everybody is located. And it, it is true to say that the West, the Northwest, the South, East have been completely uh, over overlooked. And th- those parties will, will have their own internal tensions or their own internal debates on that. That's a matter for themselves, but... Like for me, this this isn't a game, and it's not about it's not about positions of powers, you know, or, or you know, dolling out, you know, giving out the goodies, or you know, this is this is about so much more. We are now looking at a decade and a number of years that are going to be very difficult. We're going to have to fight for every job, every enterprise. We need to rebuild our economy in a fair way. Um, but we also have huge, huge opportunities to change things for the better. So I want us to avail of that opportunity. And the opportunity is huge. And we have a very strong team in the Oireachtas. And I don't want that our intention is not to kind of, you know, sit back and, and take pleasure in the discomfort or the failures of others. We want success for Ireland. I want success for Gork. I want success for Munster, for, for the whole, the, the island uh, as a whole. So we're very energetic at this time. We're very determined. Um, and w- we will make, people will see a very marked difference from previous all um, as to how the, the opposition really presses the needs and the hopes and the aspirations and the legit, legitimate expectations of regular people who are out there doing their best, 
raising their families and who deserve to have a government and a system that respects them and that actually delivers the basics of you know you talk about you know you talk about time. when you talk about respect or you know being uh, you know Thomas Gould at the weekend said I thought it was kind of a weird thing to say Mary Lou is my Taoiseach um, some people got very annoyed about that that would be more in his line for Tommy Gould to be saying congratulations to Hall, a Cork Taoiseach no? Well, look, anybody who knows Tommy Gold, and I know Tommy well, and there's it's kind of a silly thing to, to say, say, wasn't it? Well, there's nobody going to slight or say a word about Cork or any Cork man, Micheál Martin or anyone else, when Tommy Gold is in the room. I've never but known but a more wouldn't have been better say, proud um, man. But would you not have said, his, congratulations, Micheál Martin, first T-shirt in Cork since sure. that I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure Tommy has and, and will continuously congratulate his fellow Corkman, I understand what he meant. What he means is that I am the leader of his party. What he means is that we share a common... He said Mary Lou is my Taoiseach. He said Mary Lou is my Taoiseach. And the word Taoiseach, of course, means chief. I am the leader of the party. That's what Tommy meant. He meant absolutely no disrespect to his fellow Corkman. And anyone in fairness, Neil, anyone who knows Tommy Gould knows where he stands when it comes to his beloved Cork and every single citizen therein, including Hall Martin. So I'm very clear, um, and to- Tommy's very clear, Hall Martin's the Taoiseach of the government, and all of Cork, I'm sure, wishes him well and is proud of that fact. And I'm the Taoiseach, I'm the leader of, of Sinn Féin, and Tommy and I work very closely together, and we- we'll be up and at it, delivering for everyone, including the great people of your of your city and county. Okay, very well said. Appreciate you taking the call, as always. Thanks so much, Much Neil. obliged to you, Sinn Féin leader, Taoiseach of Sinn Féin, if you like, Mary Lou MacDonald. Text 0868-104-106. Pick up the phone on one 850 Back after the breaks. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco, we'd like to ask all our customers to respect our dedicated times for our over 65s and family carers. Adds gas. I went through the list of things, of course, that you can do from today that you couldn't do on Friday. Friday. And amongst them, getting your hair done. And I wonder, is Rachel the first appointment and certainly the first caller having her hair done this morning? She joins me by phone. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How so, are you? So I'm told that you were in the uh, hair salon at half past eight, is it? I was, yes. In Marion's hair studio in Were you the first? Are you still there? I'm still here, yes. Yeah. It usually takes about four hours to get highlights and a wash, cut and trim, doesn't it? about two and a half it normally takes me how do you feel delighted to be inside the door now because um, I was stuck during lockdown now with five kids at home so it was great to be able to get in Marion I was very lucky actually because I'm a regular here in Marion's and uh, she actually rang me to offer me the appointment first because uh, she said I'm mom of the year so. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm noticing slightly muffled conversation with you is that because you're wearing a mask I am indeed, Neil, yes. That's one of the things. Um, you couldn't go into her salon without a mask. Is it very different in there? No, not really. Like, she has all the signs up and the um, protective um, glass and stuff. But other than that, it's pretty much the same. Right, OK. And are there others in with you? Are you distant from the next customer um, and stuff like that? Yeah, there's another lady, but yeah, she's uh, within her two metres away from me, so... She's changed the salon around a bit now. She's removed chairs and stuff there now. And, and no no magazines, no tea, no coffee, nothing no like that? No magazines, no tea, no coffee. And obviously you have to sanitise before going in and they're very cautious of 
like when Claire was doing my hair and she had to wipe down all the area, then to go back to you is another thing and she's just been washing that all down now for the next person. Uh, and um, no roots either, huh? They're gone, are they? Well, hopefully now when the dye comes out of my hair, they'll be well gone because I'm going grey now after all this. <laughs> you didn't try to do any kind of home bots jobs, no? Oh, God, no, because my hair is naturally brown and I have blonde in it, so there's no way you could do a box job in that. It would end up costing you a fortune to fix, so not Oh, a my God. So it was a day that you were looking forward to for a long time? Oh, I couldn't wait. When Marion rang me to ask me the appointment to be her first customer, I was like, definitely, I have to get a babysitter over and all. Exciting, isn't it? Today's an exciting day, like all the different things you can do. Yeah, it's mad. Like, you wouldn't think like that. It'd be such an excitement just to get into a hairdresser or just to have that bit of normality back. Like, if you had told me in December time that, like, oh, in a couple of months there now you're going to be in a pandemic, you're going to be in a lockdown, I'd tell someone, you need to go back on your meds. You're going to, be <laughs> <laughs> you need to go back on your meds. So have your restaurants booked or a pub for a bit of food and a couple of drinks or anything like that? No, I'll tell you now, I've nothing like that booked. I'm actually due to go swimming at... Uh, 12 o'clock in an open water reservoir because I do a bit of triathlon so I'm <laughs> open water <laughs> so reservoir are people drinking going. are people drinking the water you're swimming in <laughs> I probably are but, no. but um, I was laughing because I was like that yeah, in the hairdresser and I'd go and put on a hat and go into a reservoir to swim like but um <laughs> No, I'm, I, I probably won't be out now to the end of July, I expect. All right, well, so. listen, whenever you want to go out, I want to give you um, a couple of vouchers for lunch um, in, in Clancy's, all right? Because Clancy's reopened oh, yeah. from today. I have some great prizes from Clancy's, lunch vouchers and the meal vouchers. But I'm going to sort you out for lunch with your loved one, maybe? Oh, no, I'm on my own, unfortunately, well, but I have a best friend, Lorraine. There you Lorraine. go. Well, oh, yourself and Lorraine, Lorraine <laughs> then, when it suits you, Rachel Cronin, you head off into Clancy's and have lunch, the two of you, two of you or go in at tea I time mean, for a bite of food and a couple of drinks. Can I just say, Neil, as well, um, Marion's daughter, Kira, she's absolutely obsessed with you, Neil. She <laughs> idolises you. <laughs> And I wouldn't mind, Neil. I think Kira's about 20, so uh, she's not a little child at all. Well, so, uh, morning to Kira and to everybody <laughs> at Marion's Hair Studio in Rathcormac, but particularly to you, Rachel. Thanks for taking Thanks the call. Will, hey, come here. Send us, send us a photograph when the hair's finished, will you? I'll have to wait. I'll have some makeup on now. Well, well, put the makeup on and then send me the photograph. Come on. I will, I will, no problem. All right, girl, good luck. Stay on the line, get a postal address. Want to send you some vouchers for Clancy's. They sent us a whole load of vouchers for lunch and dinner and bubbles and stuff like that. Meanwhile, for the gentlemen amongst us who are looking rather unkempt, although I don't think I'll ever get my hair cut again, but you never know. Anne-Marie is down at Just for Men on the Grand Parade and they're reopened as well. Morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Okay, so you're up and running then since what, nine o'clock, eight o'clock, people queuing? Oh, no, no. Uh, up, uh, up and running since 9 o'clock and we had people waiting for us, even though they were secure with their bookings and everything. <laughs> they were still panicked and got there early, is it? <laughs> Just in case. What kind of condition are they in, though, as they come through the door? Give me an idea. Oh, Neil, it's absolutely glorious. They're all coming in with hair that we can work with. You know, there's big beards and big hair and new styles and it's just really great fun. Like grizzly bears, is it? Oh, they're divine. <laughs> <laughs> they're divine because you get to work on them and to turn them into into something reasonably normal again. Here in front of you. What? Uh, we, won't, we won't do his name now or anything. He can give you what it's like to have an experience. All right. Is he there? Oh, he's here in front of me. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
Hi, Neil. Hello there, anonymous man. <laughs> it's okay. You can call me Shane. This is my real name. Shane, what's it been like for the last three months with the hair and the beard and the eyebrows and all sorts of things? Uh, it's been an experience. It's uh, I've been looking forward to this day for, for quite a while. Never thought ever I'd look forward to this day so much, but <laughs> here we go, here we go. What do you need to have? I mean, what are you getting done? Like, you get in a hot towel shave or anything? Anything. I've told her anything she can do, anything at all. I'll just, just do everything. I'm just, you know, she currently has the, the razor in her hand finishing off my neck. So my life is in her hands right now. So she's holding the phone in one hand and the razor in the other. Come here. I, you know, you know, the old scissors that we have in the drawer at home. I've been, I've been kind of clipping away with that for the last few months. Have you? No, no, I didn't go near it. Um, I decided, you know what, this is an opportunity to let my hair grow as long as I've ever grown it before um, and see how we get on. I didn't quite reach man bun territory. I man. tried seeing if I could get get that level, you know, the man bun where I could tie it up at the top. But <laughs> we didn't quite reach there. You look like a soccer player on the pitch at one of them. So what's it like in there? Is it kind of different or is it the same? No, it's, it's amazing. Walked in and it feels exactly like it was beforehand. You know, everyone's in good spirits. Everyone's having a laugh. It's uh, like I said, it's, it's like an oasis, you know. Just walk in and I'm gone here for the past hour. I have the, the whole morning booked, booked here. I have everything from from head massages to neck, everything. All in JFM, is it? All in JFM, yeah. So are you going for a bit of leg waxing and everything then? <laughs> uh, not quite, not quite. We had we time limits there, maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let you get back to the pampering. Is that all right with you, Shane? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> will you send me a photograph when she's finished with you? And Marie, send me a photograph of him when you're finished with him, will you? Well, he took a before before he came in, so he can do an after when he leaves. All right, okay. And I heard people are traveling from all over. They came across the county bounds and everything, from Waterford and Tralee, is it? Waterford, Tralee. We have a guy down later on now from Limerick. Yeah, we've got quite a, a good spread of people that travel because I suppose there's no one really as unique as we are. Now, I know the customer, yeah, because it's a one-stop shop, really. Um, it's like, a, it's like a, a car mechanic, except for the man's body. Each customer wears masks. Um, yeah. Are you guys wearing face shields? We're wearing face shields and we're wearing masks and we take their temperature on the way in and they fill in their contact tracing form. Yeah, so we've all the safety protocols in place. All right. We, you you know, okay, so you're, you're doing all the stuff, the beard trims, the hot towel, the haircut, the waxing, the um, all of this stuff. Are you also doing... Do you, are you putting colours in? Are you putting colours in men's hair as well? Are you dyeing them? Oh, absolutely! Amazing! Oh, absolutely! We've had people who are kind of living in box colours and horrified coming in this morning. So, but they're okay. We can sort everything out. So, men had the same problems then as women. Absolutely. Sometimes even worse because sometimes their wives or partners don't even know they're having colours done. <laughs> They got cut out. <laughs> uh, oh, absolutely. You, you'd be surprised the number of Zoom calls I've had with men in their bathrooms trying to get their colour into their hair. <laughs> on the sly, is it? <laughs> uh, on the sly, absolutely. All right, well, come on. Let's give away a few vouchers, shall we, to celebrate your re- reopening. How about that? Oh, absolutely, Neil. That would be fantastic. All right, girl. Well, good luck with it. I'm sure you're taking bookings. When Have any availability, or is it days or weeks away? Um... Depending on who you're looking for, some of us are completely booked until September, but we have oh some vacancies God. with some of our other master barbers. And of course, we have the academy now coming on stream. So you have the student barbers for only five euro haircuts and 
and beard trims and you the the student the younger even barbers again are only three year olds. All right, so the three year old ones there I gotta say the three year old ones, no disrespect to them, but they're practicing on you, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But they gotta learn. They gotta learn. They're doing it under the guidance of a master barber, so everything is fixed. All right. Well listen, I'm delighted to get an opportunity to catch up with you. Send me a before and after of Shane and we'll give away three vouchers for beer trims, hot towels or haircuts, all right? Absolutely. And thanks a million, Neil. You're a gem. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye, Anne-Marie. Just for men on Grand Parade, also open. So what's good for the girls is good for the guys as well. We'll give away those vouchers also a little later on this morning. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. So it was an historic weekend, of course, with Michal Martin. Of course, his family couldn't go up. Uh, because of the uh, distancing rules and what have you, not being able to travel to the, to the capital, so he got um, his credentials and he got his seal of office from the uh, from the president, and then came home uh, over the weekend. And of course, it was fabulous to see so many people in Ballinlock turn out in his housing estate. They'd bunting up, they'd balloons. All the neighbours were out and. No physical distancing in place, but he got a huge hug from his wife, Mary, and I thought that photograph was absolutely terrific. Fiona Donovan was there as well, as Micheál Martin returned triumphantly to Leaside, indeed to Ballinlock. It's a wonderful day, and I, I, you know, I came back, I think it was a low-key, just coming home to the family, and then I got a phone call to say the neighbours wanted to do a kind of a, a welcome, social distance welcome, and then Mary Rose rang some of the canvassers and seemed to be there as well. So it was lovely to meet people. My home and my roots are in Cork, and I was rare here and uh, so there's a special it's an emotional moment coming back to, to, to one's parish neighbourhood and we lovely neighbour neighbours here we've had a lovely time here wearing the children with our neighbours and friends and so it's very nice of them I think to just have this little become uh, this Did afternoon no I didn't the Mary rang me around 12 o'clock to say that they were wanted to organise something and to give her whatever time I was going to arrive at you know and what's the plan for the rest of the night now? I'm going to relax a bit now to, 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 in, in the next couple of hours yeah. today really is about it's been a big day personally, you know, for um, Michal and his family and, and the neighbours and, and I suppose those that have been there for so long on the road with Michal, you know, as I said, for the, the 30 years there now. So it was lovely to see so many familiar faces and people come out. So just, just a close-knit group of just to acknowledge him coming home. Um, obviously the whole idea now that we have a Fianna Fáil Taoiseach is fantastic, but I think today it's about having a Cork Taoiseach and having Michal Martin Taoiseach. Yeah, look, it's, it's a great day for Cork, I suppose, in particular, you know, we've been waiting a long time for a Taoiseach um, I suppose we haven't had a Taoiseach since Jack Lynch so Michal hopefully will be able to follow in those footsteps and while obviously he has you know a responsibility to deliver for the country it's important as well that we can deliver here for Cork It's an amazing uh, achievement by uh, on Taoiseach uh, Michal Martin uh, TD to uh, arrive at the office of, uh, of on Taoiseach after a long uh, hard uh, distinguished career in politics uh, occupying many ministries over 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 many years um, he'd be committed to the nation as a whole um, and I think to the to, to the people in terms of uh, health and education and and well-being um, he'll be focused I think on 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 driving the issues of concern to the people like housing and health I think um, the, the focus on the health and well-being of our people is uh, is paramount um, you know there's a there's a there's a, you know, in, in, in the uh, return to work 
uh, I suppose, atmosphere at the minute in terms of what's happening in the country. People are still cautious. There are people still afraid. Um, and we need to uh, understand that uh, in terms of um, maintaining that the virus is contained. Tomorrow is a, is, is a new day. Um, the ceremonial aspect of the office has now been completed. And as he says himself, it's down to the hard work. And he'll start delivering that uh, immediately with his cabinet uh, and with the, the team around him. We were 30 years married last week and I've stayed with him for 30 years. Look, we have, you know, they're the treasures of our life. Superwoman, the great Mary Martin, wrapping up that uh, audio piece from Fiona Donovan on. Miho Martin is Taoiseach of Ireland's return to Leaside yesterday. Mind you, I can't do anything right. I get grief over uh, Sinn Féin, then I get grief this morning because of Miho Martin. I suppose that's to do with playing the audio of his homecoming yesterday. Your loving with Miho Martin and Fiona Fall is sickening, Neil. I thought you were supposed to be unbiased as a broadcaster. Remember, you ran a poll to see our people. Uh, from the Taoiseach's own city, happy with this appointment? Well, I guarantee you a vast majority will say no. It says it all when his appointment has been met with complete disdain in his own city, a city that historically loves its own. An interesting perspective. I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Lots to do after these. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. You can pick up the phone on 1850-104-106 and get in touch with us. I was talking to Mary Lou McDonald before 10 o'clock this morning as the leader of the opposition now and part of the conversation had to do with the tweet uh, that uh, Tommy Gould TD posted which was shown to me Mary Lou MacDonald is my Taoiseach and I believe the people's choice he uh, called the radio programme here he is by phone Tommy good morning good morning Neil okay uh, you wanted to respond to that part of my conversation with Mary Lou about that tweet where you say she's the Taoiseach yes well I suppose from my point of view Neil like as I said to Brenda there when we were speaking like, I said it on a personal level. I want to wish Michal Martin and his family all the best, you know. Uh, I know myself, when I got elected to the Doyle, it was a very important, I suppose, a very emotional time for me and my own family. And I suppose my own mother wasn't there, and that's something we thought of. And even listening to Michal talking on Saturday about his own parents. So, on a human level, on a personal level, I hope Michal does a good job. But, did did you, but did level, you, did you... Congratulate him, or did you post a tweet or a comment? No, actually, just to let you know, Neil, because where we were in the convention centre, I was up in the fourth floor, and you actually you couldn't move from your seat until they left. To, when they left after the vote to go to the Oris to see the president, and then you had to be in your seats when they came in, and it was the same at the end. So I actually had no opportunity. Oh, oh, and, oh maybe, maybe not physically, but did you put, did you post anything online besides Mary Lou is my Taoiseach? Did you say congratulations to me, Hall? Delighted for him, first Cork Taoiseach since Jack Lane. Anything like that? No, but if you look, Neil, I think I did one post. I'm not a huge Twitter follower. You- I, I made the odd post on Twitter or Facebook. And the thing about it, like, I will, like, I see me hauled up in the dial. I'd often talk to him. So when I will see him I'll, on a personal note, one to one, as human beings, you'll say, listen, the best of luck. But, like, I think this is kind of probably being blown. People are making more of this than what it is. I suppose, from my point of view, Mary Lou is my leader. And I thought, Neil, 
and I'm only going what people are telling me. A lot of people felt that Mary Lou should have been teacher, that she was the most popular person. People trusted Mary Lou. A lot of people who actually voted for me, first time Sinn Féin voters, voted because they wanted to see Mary Lou as Taoiseach. So that's the point I made. Like, like a big thing at the time, Neil, if you remember, my father got a bit emotional the day of the count and he actually said that I was the teacher kid in Arthur and, you know, got a bit of a, a joke. So, to me, like, on a personal level, wish me all the very best in this family, but on a political level, Neil, I've had eight phone calls so far this morning and seven of them have been about housing. And this is the issue, like, people are a lot of people are really worried about who's Taoiseach. They're worried about why they can't have a house to put themselves and their families into. And I have I do my clinics every Monday for council work and council issues. And I'm going to have 20 or 30 phone calls today. Yeah. And 25 of them will be about housing. Yeah. And the, the thing I can say is, Neil... I can't see any light at the end of the tunnel after this government. Oh, I know. I mean, I know. I mean, this is a this is a new dawn and it's a new scenario going forward. And you know, there's going to be huge, huge challenges. And that's the role of Sinn Fein in in opposition. But the, the main reason your name came up in conversation this morning was um, the the comment you made regarding um, Mary Lou as being Taoiseach, but not a word about congratulating uh, Michal Martin as being um, well, I actually, a court Taoiseach. I, I did. I never. I never kind of. Um, and our shows, our profiles that I have, our platforms, I have just mentioned that on a personal level, I wish me all the best. Because people said but, that's a ridiculous, childish tweet. You should have some respect for the office of Taoiseach. Mary Lou is not anyone's Taoiseach, Michal Martin is. You mightn't like it, but that's the way it is. But Neil, if you look at it, I didn't say that I didn't respect Michal. I actually said nothing negative in the comment. All I said is... To me, Mary Lou is Taoiseach. And I'm sure I'm entitled to say that, you know. And the other thing about it... But what do you mean by that, Mary Lou is Taoiseach? She should have been... I believe she should have been the Taoiseach. I believe that people wanted Mary Lou to be the Taoiseach. But you you do recognise the fact that Mihal Martin is the Taoiseach. Of course it is. And he won the vote. And fair play to him. And I I actually... I want Mihal Martin to do a good job. Because there's issues affecting Hock North Central, like the new hospital being based here, the Northern Ring Road, the road to Limerick. Oh, you want Michal Martin. But you probably have a better job with Michal Martin getting that done as Taoiseach than Mary Lou, who wouldn't be a Cork Taoiseach. Neil, I hope you're right, but all I can go is on the past 20 years, Cork North Central has been neglected, has been forgotten about. Like, you have Michal Martin, you have Michal McGrath, you have Simon Coveney, you have Darren Murphy... You had all these, you had Billy Keller, right? And the co- I tell you, Neil, come up to Harvey Road with me, stand up to Laird, come off the parkland and watch the articulated trucks driving through housing estates every year. And even with me, home out in power, the first question I'm going to be asking him in the dial is when will that road be started and when it will be finished and when will there be houses built? Okay. Like, at the end of the day, people want solutions. We we gave we gave Fianna Fáil solutions, and like for eleven years I've been giving Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael solutions in the council, and they've been blocking me. And I now we know what it's like on a national platform. Then is it an eye opener to you? It, it, it's actually very surreal at the moment, Neil, because there's so few people in the dial, and I only get three minutes to quiz uh, a minister because Sinn Féin is only ten minutes, and there's going to be three or four people. 
So I'm going to get two and a half, three minutes each time, time. So what we want is to retire, the door to return to normal, and we can ask ministers the questions. Like, we're not going to criticise them straight away because they're only in since yesterday. All right, but when you do have a conversation, say, across the Dáil Chamber with Michal, you'll be addressing the Taoiseach. Oh, 100%. Right, okay. And I'll be, and I'll be asking Michal, and I hope he delivers, like, his family, his father, is, like, his father is another region from Blackpool. So I'll be saying to him, there's huge things, like, you know Blackpool well, Neil. Yeah. That's an area that requires huge investment. And I'll be asking them, will they, will they deliver for Cock North Central? And for Cock City as a whole, like, even you look at North Main Street, the derelict buildings down there. I was crying out for 10 years in compulsory purchase them and Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael blocked me in the council. Why, so why, do, if, why if people have derelict buildings, I mean, whether it's the North Main Street or on a recent visit to Passage West, wonderful people down there, but a forgotten town, the dereliction, the boarded up buildings, uh, the, the closed businesses on a scale I'd say I've never seen anywhere before. Why aren't people fined if they have derelict buildings or they have boarded up buildings? Why aren't they just automatically fined, say, three grand, um, you know, given a month to fix it and then fined three grand and then the community employs people to do up the derelict buildings rather than just saying, OK, we need to go through court and compulsory purchase. There's so many of them just sitting there derelict. In, down in Passage West, there's an entire terrace uh, of houses. I mean, there must be a dozen houses totally boarded up and just sitting there. Neil, for 10 years, we put pressure on the government. As Simon Coles, they actually increased the charges. So now there's a charge of 10% of the value of the property as a, as a, a fine. But the problem is they're not paying it, and 10% isn't enough to force them into it. So there is a fine, but people don't pay it? Yes. But they ignore it. it. Fine again, legislation which we had supported, and at the very end of legislation, they put in two words, which meant the legislation was no good. And the wording that Simon Coveney put in was funding dependent. And what that meant was, Cork City Council, if a property is derelict for two years or more, or Cork County Council, that they can compulsory purchase the premises and mark the value. But they don't have the money. Yes. And use it then for housing, use it for the community. They don't have the money to buy the property then, is it? And that's the problem. The government actually knew by putting in these two words, because... Like, why isn't City Council fining the property owners on the North Main Street? They are. They are. But the property owners are looking at the value and they're playing the long game. Neil, there are properties in Blackpool and Blairley Street and Shannon Street that have been idle for 10, 15, 20 years. It's an absolute... And are there fines outstanding on those properties? There are hundreds of thousands of euros outstanding. And what I'm saying is, if they don't use it within the two years, Cox City Council should be given the money. Like, Cox City Council officials are telling me they have no problem going after it. The problem is they don't have the money because the government didn't give it to them. So they don't have the money to buy them and those that own the properties are ignoring the fines. And uh, do you know what they don't need? They're laughing at the city council and the communities that they're destroying. Okay, all right, okay. Listen, I'm going to leave it there for now, Thomas, but I wanted to give you the right reply. Appreciate that. Thank you. Much obliged. Thomas Gould, uh, TD. I mean, like, there's so many. Even even yesterday when I was driving through little towns and villages, I went to... um, um, 
bit of a, a journey yesterday down to Gugambara. It was absolutely beautiful. But going through the towns on the way and the little villages, the amount of boarded up businesses and buildings that are just sitting there. And in some of the villages, very, very derelict properties, really and truly, that seem to have been just abandoned years ago, just sitting there. It does nothing for the eye as you're passing through it. It must be even worse for people living amongst it. And it just strikes me as there's so many buildings and so many empty properties and nothing seems to be done with them. And um, With me, regards to Michal Martin, elected Taoiseach, Owen says, Michal Martin is a disgrace to this country. End of. This country did not vote for him, nor do they want him in charge. It's time for change for the people of Ireland. We deserve better. Elner says, our vote is worth nothing in this country. Politicians just do as they please anyway. I wouldn't trust any of them. I suppose she's saying that the makeup of the government now is, you know, evidence of that. They do as they please anyway. Joanne says, very disappointed with this outcome. I didn't vote for him. I didn't vote for his party. And then a couple of congratulations, Michal. Delighted for your Cork Taoiseach is long overdue. Congratulations, Michal. Finally, we have a Cork Taoiseach again. I am absolutely Absolutely delighted, says Anne. It's sickening altogether, says Sandra. Words actually fail me on this one. Michal is finally getting what he wants, regardless of the costs. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. This text might have as much to do with me playing You'll Never Walk Alone at 5 to 12 on Friday. I mean, it was a lot of fun, but I'm quite sure that some people took it personally and possibly did turn off. I don't know whether they turned back on again, uh, but that's the way it goes. I think if you're not ruffling feathers, you're not doing a radio program properly, and God knows I've been doing that for many, many years. Texas says, I am ashamed to say I'm from Cork today, as Michal Martin would sell his soul to the devil to front himself. Uh, God help our country. Neil is only deluded when it comes to Michal Martin. I think that was a, a text. That that texter actually at one stage said that um, that he had turned me off on Friday. Or maybe that was somebody else. But how could you turn me off on Friday and know that I was talking about Michal Martin on a Monday? That's that's beyond me. Mind you, they may be very happy in um, Ballinlock or around Turner's Cross or what have you, but not everybody is. Michal is not my Taoiseach. He's only interested in one thing, pensions and what politicians can cream off taxpayer, taxpayers and wages and allowances. Cork... Don't kid yourself. We'll not gain anything from him being Taoiseach. We're going to be shafted with taxes and austerity. Noreen says, this is not what I voted for. I wish him luck, but I don't have much faith in this triumphant government. It's shambolic, the whole thing, says Molly. I don't want Michal as Taoiseach, and I can only assume most of the country don't either. Why don't they listen to what the country want? Uh, And it certainly isn't them. All politicians want is power. They'll do anything for it. Principles and belief go out the window, and this is no different. Mick calls it a banana republic. A fella elected on the fifth count gets the top job. The party with 24% of the popular vote gets left out of government, whilst a Mickey Mouse party gets the nod. Uh, Okay, I'll come back to those throughout the course of the morning in this ever-evolving radio program. On the day that's in it, of course, many, many businesses are open. I was talking to barbers this morning. I was talking with a hair salon this morning. First girl to get her hair done. Also, the pubs that serve food get to reopen as well today. And some have already done so because breakfast is included in a pub being able to reopen. So let's check out, and we spoke on a number of occasions over the last three months or so, with Donald from O'Sullivan's Bar, John O's in Douglas, and he joins me by phone. Donald, good morning. How are you, Neil? How are you? I'm good. And I believe the first pint of stout was pulled as well, was it? 
the first point of still was pulled at half, but sorry, to go with a full Irish. He wasn't driving and he was working all morning, to be fair to him. He was here very early in the morning. Oh, come here. This isn't a court of law. You don't have to justify <laughs> where you served. But was it Guinness or Murphy's or Beamish? Yeah, a pint of Guinness. Jesus, pint of Guinness. Wouldn't I, wouldn't think, mind, I wouldn't mind one myself. Wouldn't you think that the first pint of stout on Lee side would have been Murphy's or Beamish, in all fairness? Do not try and convince him to change. <laughs> uh, once they're in the door, that's my job done. <laughs> so a pint, what was that, a half ten, is it? Half ten, yeah, half ten were low served. And did he enjoy it? I assume it was a man, was it? It, it was a gentleman, and, and he's finished it now, and he's, he's, uh, he's, he's heading away no short. And does a pint of Guinness go down well with a full Irish breakfast? Right now, Neil, I drink it out of a muddy boot. I haven't had one in four months. <laughs> and you're surrounded by it. You weren't able to have a sneaky pull, no? I've never drank here. I've never drank. My father before me, I've never had a, an alcoholic drink on this premise. Is that the good rule of a publican? Don't drink the business. Yeah, well, it, was the, it was the rule that I was bred with anyway. <laughs> How busy are you going to be today? Uh, well, we're nice and busy now. We've, we have a number of tables in uh, and uh, we're, we're heavily booked this evening. And I'd say lunch will be, will be fairly good. But like, it's, it's about getting the message across that while, you do, while we do encourage booking, we are available for walk-ins also because we're, we have a lot of old people that aren't um, tech-savvy about yeah. booking and stuff like that. So we just want to... Let them know we are open to walk-ins also. So is there a lot of excitement then as people come through the yeah, door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's gas. It's typical. Like We're close to the last four months, but the, the amount of work we did in the last 24 hours getting stuff ready was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, typically we're twiddling our thumbs for a long time and then the pressure comes on. Uh, but we're, we're there now, and uh, um, we, I have to thank uh, Martin Pulcher from Table Path as well. He was working late last night, we, so now we have an online... We have QR codes on the table where you scan your smartphone over them and you order your, your food and drinks to your table. You're your own waiter. You order it through your phone, through your smartphone, and it's brought down to you then. I know. I, thought, I think I spoke about that system some weeks back. But what about an OAP? They mightn't be able to do that, would they? Uh, well, we have to be conscious of that too. And we, 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 we look All after right. them. We have, we have menus to those. But it is the future and it is, it is, the, um, it is the, the safest way at the moment. You know? So are you delighted to be back? It was like going back to school or opening a new business. It was, you know, it was, yeah, I had a headache for the last two days. It's just nervous, like, just really, really nervous, and you know, just trying to get everything done correctly and all the regulations and stuff for that. But yeah, very excited. Okay, well, we did two things this morning: the first hairstyle or first hair salon, and also the first pine pulled on Lisa. Just the one, though, is it? Nobody else venturing? No, no, no. That's it. No, later on, maybe later on. Lunchtime, later on. I think you'll have. Lunchtime, you'll have a run on pints and maybe a glass of prosecco or somebody on the old Chardonnay. <laughs> Yeah, well, we have the strawberries plucked. <laughs> All right, okay. Good luck with it. Fair play to you. Thanks, right, Donald. John is open for walk-ins as well down in Douglas. Get in touch if you've reopened and you've customers coming through the door. Pick up the phone, one 850 Text 0868104106. Seamus Whelan's about this morning. He should be up on the north side. Let's find out how he's been getting on. Seamus, good morning. Where are you? Good morning, Neil. I'm up in actually Styles in Grona Broher, and I'm due to head down to Styles too then uh, after this. But it's uh, pretty busy up here this morning. I think you were talking to Kathleen earlier, um, or you may be about to talk to Kathleen. Uh, she's getting her uh, blonde bits blonder uh, this morning, uh, so she tells me. And I've, I've just sent the gang a, a photo there now with... With Kathleen's permission, we might actually tweet it. There's some great crack up here. You wouldn't miss the coffee or the tea. It's just great crack. Everybody are del- is delighted to be back. Um, in Styles, they're, they're absolutely have it down to a tea. Social distancing. Um, 
they're cleaning as they're going. Um, there's two stylists on a shift rotation. So there's two from nine this morning until three this afternoon. And from three then this afternoon to nine this evening, two more will come in. After every um, haircut, everything is sanitized. The floor um, is washed down. All the utensils that are being used will will be sanitized and uh, all the uh, the stylists are wearing uh, face masks all right. as well so okay do you think they've got their prospect screens as well so um i'm actually absolutely impressed um you wouldn't actually uh, notice anything different only that the uh, the odd coffee is is missing but the great crack okay would you be tempted at all to sit in the chair and get a bit of a quick snip <laughs> I need more than a quick minute because uh, you can do a French plat in my hair so long. As in, where would they start? <laughs> exactly. All right, I'll let you get back to it. I want to talk to Kathleen. Seamus is in styles. I think Kathleen as well. Morning. Morning. How far into the process are you finished? Have they started? Are they halfway through? I'm at the halfway through. And what are they getting? What are you getting done, Kathleen? I'll get my colour in, because I was just gone black, nearly. You're getting the blonde put back in, are you? I am, of course. You're I love s- being blonde. You say it's like a miracle to be back in the hair salon, is it? Yes, it is, yes. Yes. <laughs> it is, and the staff are very nice and everything, they're great. And were you going crazy for the last three months or so? Oh, God, I was, I was. You'll look a million bucks then by midday, is it? Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, and who else is there with you? Is Deborah getting it done as well with My you? My daughter, do- she is, yes. Is she in the chair next to you? She is, yes. Deborah, here, talk. <laughs> sharing phones. You're not supposed Hello? to be sharing phones. Deborah, good morning. How are you? How are you? Very good. Mam- your mam is delighted. How about you? Oh, trills. We didn't even sleep last night. <laughs> Why not? Waiting to come down the road. <laughs> what? Waiting to come down the road. A sleepless <laughs> night with the excitement of it. Oh, God, yeah. Imagine, if, imagine if you went in this morning they said, Sorry, Deborah, we have no booking for you. It'll be September. <laughs> oh, God, no. I know the whole week. I'm well booked in. <laughs> Couldn't wait. Like waiting for Santa Claus to arrive. Oh, it's even better than Santa Claus. And is it nice <laughs> to see everybody again, all your old friends? Oh, it is great. Have they, have, have they started? Very friendly. On, yeah. Have they started on oh, yet? Colin in now. <laughs> what? Where's Colin just out coming in the door now? Another friendly face. And what are you getting done? All the work, <laughs> the colour, the cut, the eyebrows, the eyelashes, everything. Oh my God! You're way overdue with service, then, aren't you? <laughs> oh God! Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Any botched jobs at home from a box or anything? No. No, I wouldn't do that at all. I'd wait. So the owners come in then. That's Colin Tobin. You want to ask him where you got him there for a discount. Tell him I said to ask you for ask him for a discount. Colin, what's the discount? Neil wants to know here. For me, the discount for me. No, he wants... What's the boat? What's the boat? Avoiding it. He'll discuss it there now in a minute with me. <laughs> I'm expecting a discount for you going on air now, in fairness. You want do... a discount as well, Colin? <laughs> no, I don't want a discount. I want a discount for you for coming on air to talk about Styles and Grona Braher. No, no, Colin, he wants me to get a discount for going on air to discuss about Styles. Oh, 
Oh, I'm Kathleen as well. <laughs> we forgot about Kathleen. She's get, shouting there behind me. Get your mum a discount as well while you're at it, all right? Get your discount as well, ma'am. <laughs> right, go on. I think I started a row in the hair salon. I'll let you get on sorted out. <laughs> right. Okay, Deborah, take care. Bye. Brilliant. Cheers. Nice See you, Deborah. Thanks. See you Bye-bye. as well to your ma'am, Kathleen. Fair play. Thanks for allowing us in, guys. Stiles and Grona Braher. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red. Pam's got her foot in the door. She says, I'm booked into my daughter's salon. Guilty little pleasures, hair and beauty and blarney. Looking forward to seeing the girls again. Sylvia says, I'm unable presently to get anything done to my hair, but please God, next week I'll get the works done from toes to scalp. I'll be plucked, painted, massaged, dyed, cut and anything else I can think of. Bring it on. Best of luck to all staff returning to work today. Olivia's going to Salon Shane. She says, I have a pair of scissors in my bag to cut the ribbon to get in the door. I was more excited to get an appointment than I would be to receive a call from Lotto headquarters. Oh, really now? If the Lotto headquarters called you and you had a choice between getting your hair done or accepting a 9 million euro Lotto win, what would you pick? Your hair? I mean, think of the amount of hair you get done with 9 million. Uh, the 11th of July will be my hair appointment. It's not a good time to have red hair. Can't wait to get my hair done. I think red hair is beautiful. I have an appointment for Tuesday. Can't friggin' wait. These greys have got to go. Thursday, getting my nails done. Then Friday, getting my hair done and eyebrows too. I'm going to go all out and I'm going to buy new pyjamas as well. I'll be beautiful on Friday night watching the TV. You can go out and get a bit of food, you know. Amy says, I booked in for Friday my hair with Chris Jamie. I'm also booked in Tuesday to get my eyebrows done at Beauty by Elaine. I will feel like a new woman by next week. I can't wait. More people then loads of texts about people's airs, uh, eyes and, sorry, about their eyebrows and things like that. Get my hair done this morning. Reflections in Balancholic. Julie's at Styles. Norma's at Hairport. Visage in Balancholic. Lots of different texts giving shout outs to hair salons. But what's happening with regards to people wanting not to fly? Because there's still an important travel advice in the Department of Foreign Affairs. They say Irish authorities advise us against all non-essential travel overseas until further notice. People can't get their money back. Just a bit of info regarding Spain and the Canary Islands. Face masks, this is from Sean. Face masks are compulsory in most public areas here. You must have a mask in your possession at all time if you do travel here. If you're in a bar or restaurant, it can be removed. However, if you must go and use a bathroom, you got to put it back on. If you're stopped in Spain or the Canaries by the police and you don't have a mask, you'll be fined a thousand euro. I had this information sent to me yesterday from friends in Lanzarote. Think I'll be staying home for a long time yet, says Sean. Well, others are happy to go. Uh, but then there's some calls earlier this morning from people who aren't. And Brian and I are not playing ball with regards to refunds. I heard the lady talking about not being able to get it go on our holidays this year, uh, as it won't be the same due to COVID-19. I totally get this. I'm supposed to go on honeymoon in early August, but we want to cancel as our wedding was postponed due to coronavirus. We booked a package with flights and accommodation with love holidays. We paid €1,600 deposit in February. There's another 4000 due to come out in July. A luxury holiday, yes, but it was our honeymoon. We tried to change the dates with love holidays and we were told to wait. Next thing, the flight to Cancun, Mexico was cancelled and we couldn't go anyway. Love Holidays still won't give us a refund or a voucher. Nothing. They cut off their phone lines and they have only an automated chat service. You don't get proper replies. This is totally frustrating. At the end of the day, they cancel the holiday by cancelling the flights. We should just get an automatic refund. And there's reams of other ones like this, including phone calls. Lucy, good morning. 
Hi, good morning, Neil. How you, are you? Either you did you or didn't you lose the seventeen hundred with Ryanair? Which was it? Oh yeah, no, I've lost it. Yeah, oh, for more or God's less. Sake. How? Our flight is due to go this Thursday. So we booked last uh, or early February to fly for two weeks to Lanzarote. Cost seventeen hundred for two adults, two children. And as of now, the flight is still going ahead. So Ryanair have basically said tough. And why won't you go? The government travel advisory. So okay. I'm I'm an asthmatic myself, and my son is as well. He's six. So just wouldn't feel comfortable, Neil. But in ten days' time, or there thereabouts, when they say it's okay to travel, why would it make a difference now? In ten days, why would it be different? It just I'm just not at the stage yet where I feel comfortable enough to travel. You know, I take all my precautions, but who's to say, you know? Okay, because on the 9th of July, that's the date, isn't it? They're going to say that you can travel to some destinations and you won't have to quarantine when you come back, but you, you won't take an early gamble on that? No. Okay. No. And not, what with, ab- not with our, myself and my son having the asthma, you know? Okay. So you gave Ryanair the 1,700 euro and they won't give mm-hmm. it back to you? They say I'm not entitled to it. I did try through my insurance as well. So I was just explaining to Brenda, we booked travel insurance in January. So before this, anything happened with the pandemic. So I don't have the coronavirus in my insurance policy. And we emailed and said, look, the government travel advisory is in place not to travel. So we'd like to claim back to our insurance. And we were told, uh, sorry, Chill Insurance don't have government travel advisory on any of their packages. So you can't, you you don't get your money back. That's a vital thing to have on travel insurance. Well, Um, we didn't realise, we booked a multi-trip. And as I said, in January, it doesn't mention coronavirus anywhere on our policy. No, but the the, the insurance policy should include travel advice from the Department of Foreign Affairs. Yeah, we thought so too. We didn't look at it in January because we we, we couldn't foresee what was going to happen, you know. But um, the guy from... um, the underwriters, the insurance underwriters told us the other day that none of Chill Insurance's policies cover government travel advisory. And, and we got the gold package, so we didn't skimp on it, you know. You got the gold package, but it still doesn't so you cover... You silver, gold, you know. You got gold and gold. it doesn't... Oh, you can get yeah. platinum as a higher-headed yeah, gold. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Okay, would platinum have government advisory? No, none of Chill, he told me the other day. None of Chill, no matter when you got it or what has the government travel advisory. No, yeah, unless you need a package that has... If you're told yeah. by the government to advise not to travel until... No essential travel overseas until further notice. That's in operation now. So will you get um, will you get a voucher? Will you get uh, a, a rebooking at a later time? I can rebook at the moment at a cost of 520 oh, euros to move it to next year. That's yeah, the same old story again. That's terrible, yeah, isn't it? yeah. It is terrible. Now, my my accommodation has been outstanding. They're like, you have 10% deposit paid here. It's there whenever you want to use it. We'll honour 2000. I booked in 2019, leaving last year. So they said, look, we'll honour those prices. There'll be no price increase. We'll move your deposit. You let us know what dates you want and we'll... We'll help you. I think you're very lucky there because the hotel could easily have said, sorry, your flight is going. Sorry, the hotel is open. Mm -hmm. You're very lucky in that regard. Very lucky. They're fantastic. But they're run by by Irish as well. So I think that kind of helps, you know. Where were you going? Lanzarote. Sal Villas and Suites in Lanzarote. That's unfortunate. Are you going to pay the 500 for next year? I am, Neil, I am. What can you do? We We love it. We look forward to it every year. My kids... Can't wait. They love us, you know. And tell me so this before I let you go. Year. What are you going to do for a summer mm-hmm. holiday this year? Where are you going to go? Sure, sure, Neil, I don't have to go far at all. I'm in beautiful y'all. 
All right. Well, you're all reopening for business as well, which is great all is well open today. It's beautiful. Everyone is happy. The streets are full. Beaches, beautiful. You don't have to go too far at all. Well done. Well said. Thanks, Lucy. Take care. Dennis, good morning. Hello, Neil. How are you, Dennis? I think you also have a similar story with Lanzarote, have you? I have. We were booked to go out on on Thursday, the 2nd of July. Yeah. So about two weeks ago, we decided that for safety more than eight years that we wouldn't go and we'd switch our flight to October. Right. So we were actually going over to Ryanair and coming back with Air Lingus. Okay. And when we were coming back with Air Lingus, we we booked the flight back for with Air Lingus and we lost 200 euros on us. But that was grand. So then we went for the Ryanair place and we got on and we paid something like 440. I haven't the exact figures now. 440 for the two to go out. Yeah. And when we switched off to Uber, it came down to around 200. You so made- there's a difference of 240, 240. You made money on it? No, we were lost money in it. For the- 400, we had paid 450. Yeah. And when we switched off to Uber, October was only 200. Did you get a refund or anything? I don't quite follow no, you. What did... we, we had to write it off. We had you... to write off the total fifty euros, which was grand. We we were going to accept that, but then we had to pay an extra hundred and fifty euros to change it. Right? Oh, you lost them because you paid a dearer flight. You rebooked a cheaper one, and they no, didn't give you back no, the no, difference. No, no, for the cheaper flight. They didn't give you back the difference. And how did you get on with their lingus? Did they give you any money back? No, no, we lost two hundred euros. Well. Oh, my God. Just the fact, when we were still in March, and when we had to come back, and we were stuck out there for two or three days, we came back past six days, and we were flying their lingers. And the following day, we got an email to say, apply all for your money, and you'll get some money back. And we've had nothing for once. Maybe, maybe it's slow. I don't know. Maybe it's slow. I suppose it would be a stretch to ask them to give you a refund on the difference, really, wouldn't it, in the times that we're living in? Like, they say you can rebook for free, which is what you did, but to a much no, cheaper flight. No, 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 no. We had to lie to the last of the difference of the flight, which was 240 yeah, euros. Yeah, yeah. That was enough. But then they charged us an extra 120 euros to switch the flight. Oh, for God's sake. Okay, okay. So we paid 440 originally. We had to write up 240 lines. And then they gave us another 150. We ended up paying 560 euros for the flight to go out in October. That would only have cost us 200. If you had the power of hindsight, instead of paying for 200 for the flights, you ended up in total paying 560. That's a tough one, pal. That's a tough one. Okay, I got to leave it there, Dennis. Thanks for that. We're back after 11. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now, 086-8104-106, Red FM. Lots of shout-outs from different people doing different things, whether it's small businesses reopening or, indeed, uh, whether it's people who are still working away and wanting to give shout-outs to their friends and relations. Continue to do that. Text 086-8104-106. You can also email neil at uh, redfm.ie. And a lot of people are sending me messages on my Instagram page. If you're not following me on Instagram, perhaps you might like to do so. We have some lovely vouchers from Clancy for lunch. We also have some super prizes right across this week for Clancy's right in the heart of the city which is three course meals for four with bubbles and cocktails the newly refurbished historic venue 
team are ready to welcome you back from today and you can book at Clancy's, clancyscork.ie. I also have uh, your spoiled an opportunity for you to head over the county bounds in the coming weeks uh, down to Port McGee. Um, I'm very excited to be able to get down there again for the first time outside of the county, which will be fun for a lot of us. Uh, not that we want to be discour- encouraging people to be going off too often across county bounds, but you know what I mean. So we have uh, two nights bed and breakfast, one evening meal at the moorings in Port McGee, bottle of Port McGee whiskey, 50 euro vouchers for the beauty salon down there. And also I've organized entry to the Skellig experience on Valencia. If you've never been down that way, it is absolutely super and waiting to welcome you. Moorings.ie, www.themoorings.ie. It's bar, restaurant, uh, small hotel, gorgeous right in the village of Port McGee. Please give my nephew Thomas a shout out. He's graduating from primary school at Scully Sagan. They did a lot of that, actually. Some had drive-bys, some had get-togethers, physical distancing, others did it on Zoom. Uh, He missed out on his birthday celebrations and confirmation during lockdown. I'm working and living in Dublin and very much looking forward to getting back down to Cork Monday when the restrictions are lifted. It's been very difficult being so far away from all of the family for the last few months. If you have a voucher going, consider Thomas for one and reward him for all his hard work during the school year. I love listening to the show every morning. Well done to all of your team. It does help us to keep a great connection with Cork, uh, says Rachel up in Dublin. I say you could well be travelling this morning down to Cork, Rachel. You might even be listening to me as you're travelling. Please, 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 my dad Dermot, give him a shout out. He works very hard through all the pandemic in St. Finbar's Hospital. He deserves a voucher for the hard work he's put in over the last few months. Plus, it's his birthday, so it would make his day. Thanks a million, says Jack, talking about Dermot Cullinan from Ballyvalan. And just two or three more. Give a shout out, or more, I should say, to my, give a shout out to my son, Dylan Finn. He broke a bone in his wrist and has been in a cast for six weeks. He'd love a treat. Love the show. Thanks, Neil. Um, hi, say hi to all of my friends in Gertrude Nursing Home in Yall. Uh, we and all the staff have worked so hard during this difficult time. We deserve a treat, says Mary Walsh and Killa. Love the show. Uh, thank you for the vouchers for my granddaughter. We received them on Friday. She was delighted, says Mary Kiley in Dublin Hill. And maybe a rooster's voucher or maybe a ramen voucher from my wife, Erica, who's spending her birthday painting the house. Says Colin in Passage West. She's doing the painting, not you. We'll say no more about that. More shout-outs to come between now and midday today. Just one or two here. A shout-out to Shannon O'Brien from Blush Beauty Salon on Blarney Street. Reopened this morning. And great to see our customers back again. And my name is Ray Murphy. Today is my first wedding anniversary to my beautiful wife, Orla Shanley. I'd really appreciate it if you gave us a shout out on Red FM this morning. Thank you. Happy first wedding anniversary then to Ray and to Orla. Back to the phone lines we go. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Neil. So yourself and your uh, lady wife, your good wife, went down to Maham Point yesterday. Pick up on the story. Yeah. Okay. We had vouchers to the tune of 200 euros. Okay. That were purchased as, as Christmas gifts. What kind of vouchers were they? There were two €50 vouchers and one €100 voucher. They were purchased in to, to be used in any of the shops in Man Point. Right. So when we went down yesterday, there was our first opportunity to go down there. And we went into one of the shops and they refused to accept the voucher. When we asked why, they said that we should go to where we purchased them. So we did. And we were told the company is under investigation. You went down to the information desk. Is that where they were bought? Yes. Okay. And they said the company are under investigation. And I said I have vouchers here now to the tune of 200 euros. 
what about a, a refund? And they said if they were purchased in the last two weeks, they would have refund. But if they were purchased beyond the two weeks, there's no refund. So I vote just now to the tune of two hundred euros that are worthless. Okay, this is the these are wire cards. They are That's being right. investigated uh, by regulators in different countries. Um, yep. Not 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 sure what went on there, but some kind of an accounting scandal, wasn't there? Well, they didn't go into details. They just said that the company is under investigation. They are, yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and um, I just asked for a refund, and I was told no. So that company's in big trouble. There's a big investigation. There's a scandal attached to it, and there's also been a crash of their company stock on the stock exchange. So it's not looking good for them. Uh, do you think that you'll have to write it off, or do you think Mahan Point should honour them? Well, I think Mahan Point should honour them. I, I think it's very unfair, and, and no doubt I'm not the only one that's after being caught up in the scandal now. Because these vouchers were bought at the information kiosk yeah. in Mahan Point. Exactly. Maybe they, they maybe Wirecard haven't paid them over the money or something. I, I don't know. As I said, there's no information coming saying that all their only information that they're passing on to the customers is that they're under investigation. So anybody that has vouchers that were bought two weeks or longer are gonna to have to suffer the loss? Exactly. That doesn't sound quite right under consumer law, does it? It doesn't. You know, and I mean you know, <laughs> What's one to say? I mean, the point is, it's not everybody that can, you know, forego their, their vouchers. And does it say, are they like a plastic card saying Maham Point gift voucher? Yes. Right, okay. Now, we've we've a call in and contacted Maham Point on your behalf and perhaps other people, and I'm waiting on a response from them. I wonder what they're going to say if the company is um, in trouble. Um the voucher was bought, Wirecard got the money. The deal then is Wirecard need to give it to the retailers in Maham Point and they may not have done that. So if the retailer that you goes into, go into allow you to spend it, they're literally giving away that value of product. You know what I mean? Well, fair enough, that's true. But I mean, the point is, what about, in, my, in our case, where my family purchased these? I know, I know. Do you think Maham you know Point I mean? businesses should suffer the loss in good faith? Well, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the voucher should be on out. Okay, I wonder, I wonder are there other people knocking around with Mahan Point gift vouchers that at this point in time are worthless? Well, this is it. I wouldn't encourage you to go back to Mahan Point again anyway, would it? Well, hang on a second there now, because Teresa was there a couple of weeks ago with the, with the Mahan Point voucher. Teresa, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Um, how, I'm well, thank you. How much was the voucher for? The voucher was one I left was fifty euros, and I found it and I said, "Better go up and see what I can get." And I went into Clark's shoe shop, and I had no problem whatsoever with spending the fifty euros. They did. I asked him would they take. He said, "No, no problem." She said, "That was fine." And they took it and I, I'm glad now that I did go up and spend. Did you know a fortnight ago that there might have been a, some kind of a problem with the voucher? No, no, no. I just went up on on spec. I was actually uh, visiting someone, and I went up on spec, and I said, "I chance them and see what they say." I expected them to say no. Why? No problem with Why did you expect them to say no? Well, I thought well, with all the problems with Debenham's closing and everything and the and the cover, the, the virus and everything, I thought maybe, well, they mightn't take them. But she did. She said no problem. She checked with her manager and the manager said, fine, there's no problem. And what shop was that? Clark's shoe shop. Clark's took it a fortnight ago, but Clark's probably wouldn't take it now. 
Oh, it's in us. No, it's in us. No. So you, uh, no and what do you think ones. of what do you think of Chris's predicament? Do you think Mahan Point shops should honour the two hundred euro voucher? Well, I think they should. I mean, if they were willing, they were willing enough to sell them the vouchers. They should honour them. Do you know? What? I mean, to their name is on them, and they should have the commitment to to honour people's. Do you know what I mean? Because in future, people won't go in there and buy vouchers anymore. That's right. A lot of people buy them for their grandparents, and do you know what I'm saying? When I give the granddaughter, I give a voucher. But men. right now, and they are not taking the vouchers. And yeah. He's got two hundred euro. Yeah. Appalling, okay. Yeah, appalling, absolutely appalling. Okay, thanks for that. Do you see, Chris, it's interesting actually. Imagine if you got a voucher for somewhere that got taken over by another company and the other company that took over the business wouldn't, like a restaurant, for instance, or a bar or something, yeah. you know? Okay, yeah. Or a fashion shop, and they wouldn't, oh, sorry, that was a different owner. We don't honor that now, you know? It's kind of the same thing, isn't it? It is really, but, you know, I mean, during all this lockdown now, without going into too much detail, yesterday was my first day out since early February. Go away. I've been in another hospital on four occasions since, three major operations. And to go out yesterday for my first day out and to be told is that the voters won't be honoured. It's not very nice. No, no. That was your first day out. How did that feel? Were you, were you, um, were you apprehensive? Well, I was for, yeah, I, when I got the OK Thursday that I could actually go out and mix. Freedom. First time in February. Yeah. Yeah, bit of freedom. Were you wearing a mask and all that kind of thing? Yes. Fair play. Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. Listen. So it's not very nice. And, you know, I mean, as I say, it was my first time going up to Man Point in months, and it will be my last time out of the stage because I'm in the finals. I just think I got a very raw deal. Okay, well, let's see what they say. Let's get a response from them and see if they can argue their cause and see why they're not taking those vouchers um, under the current situation that Wirecard finds themselves in. One would think that maybe the companies should come up with some sort of a plan to look after customers, I suppose, yeah? I think so. Yeah, okay, okay. All right, listen, we'll be back to you as soon as I have an update, all right? Okay, listen, thanks very much. Thanks for sharing that. Appreciate your call. And if anybody else is in a similar scenario or indeed has had a voucher refused... Do get in touch. Pick up the phone, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text 0868104106. Helen, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. What did you have? What kind of a thing I was I have it? a post-FX card. It's a currency card. All right. How does that work? You get it in the post office. It's just, it's just like a visa card. You put your money into the post office and you get this card and you put it in your own PIN number. And you can use it anywhere in the world. There's no charge for using it anywhere in the world, you know? Okay, so you put your own money into an account and you can spend it on a post-FX card. And is it working? No, same thing. It's not working. And do you think that that's connected to Wirecard? I do, yeah, yeah, because I've seen something on the on my phone yesterday, popped up on my phone yesterday as well, something about Wirecard is gone, you know, that they're in trouble. And it showed showed a picture of the same card that I have. And can you get your money back out of it, the card? Not at the moment, no. And where did you, and did you try and use the card and somebody said... I did, we tried to use it yesterday and again this morning and it just keeps spitting out the card, you know, when you go to the machine, you keep spitting out the card. Okay, you're trying to withdraw cash on it? Yeah. Okay, did you try and use it in a shop? Yeah, it doesn't work. Same thing, doesn't work. This is a bigger problem than uh, than uh, than yeah, I had thought before. Yeah, my niece is actually in the same boat, and her father, because we were all in New York last year, so we got these cards, you know, because we thought just be handy. Very up. handy. Yeah. And the same thing, just to keep topping up, you know, for the holidays this year, and um, the same thing now. So it might be fair to say that a lot of vouchers and and a lot of prepaid cards and what have you, like yours, are controlled by this company called Wirecard. 
Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. It just says on post currency card, this one, post FX card. When you say card. post, it's not on post, is it? Yeah, on post, yeah. All right, so on post are caught up in all of this as well. Well, there must be somehow anyway, yeah, because it's in the post office. We got the cards where we purchased them, yeah. And this now can be all traced back to a company that seems to control a lion's share of this market, Wirecard. Yeah, I think it's in Germany or something. That's right. What I read, a, yeah, whatever. And, and uh, they're phone, being yeah. investigated in Germany by the German regulators for accountancy fraud. That's, yeah, that's correct, yeah. All right, okay. Okay, thanks for that, Helen. Okay, there's okay. a lot of them. Cheers. Anne, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you doing? What's your own, good, thank you. What's your own scenario? Um, I went down the Thursday before last and I got to spend my voucher, which I was <laughs> now listening to this morning. Uh, 29, I had a 50 euro voucher. My daughter was given a present of it back in January for her birthday, but she was down there with her friends, so I said I'd buy it from her and give her the cash that she could spend her own money with her friends. So then I, got to, then I was the owner of the voucher. I went down Thursday week and I got to spend 29 euros in Holland Barrett, no problem. I had 20 euros left, so I went up to Tesco and I spent another 20 there. No difficulty whatsoever. So it's no longer burning a hole in your pocket, you, you managed no, to spend it's it. Gone, you see, gone. this wire card thing, as far as I'm understanding it and when reading about it, it's only been going on for about a week or 10 days, you know? Well, I have to say now, only for Red FM, I wouldn't know what's going on in the world. Well, fair play. <laughs> well, if you had that card in your pocket now and you tried to spend it, you wouldn't be able to. No, I felt really sorry for the last day. But the don't, mail. can I just say to anybody that has them, don't throw those away. You need to hold on to them because this could well pass over, you know. Yeah, but it's very unfair on the, the previous uh, mail caller there. It was very, very unfair. You know, like if it was 200 euros, I would have been. If, I think if they had refused me, I would have gone down to customer service and I would have given out. He went to you customer know, service where the virtual was. Well, he did, yeah, I know. He did go down to customer service. Yes, yes, very unfair. But listen, you've done a great uh, Thanks so much. Mind yourself. Yeah, you've done great work. Thanks. Thanks, Anne. I think, I think Wirecard are in the hole at this point for something like nearly 1.9 billion euro. I mean, they don't know where it is, they don't know what their books are looking like or anything like that. Uh, but you'd wonder whether that would be able to be fixed. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe that's the point, really. And don't throw any of those cards away. Not for now, anyway, because you could find you could throw it away or tear it up in haste or cut it in half with a, with the a scissors and then find in a week or 10 days time that they're actually valid again. Um, anyway, well, if you've uh, had an issue with regards to vouchers or, you know, prepaid cards, do get in touch. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. Space three today. Many, many businesses back to normal. And of course, travel restrictions around the country and to the islands all lifted at this stage. So many people perhaps are planning uh, weekend breaks or holidays in Ireland. Maybe uh, you're already working on that and that's all great news. Staycationing. I have a question about holidaying here in Ireland. Let's say you book into a hotel in Kerry or Waterford, Dublin or Galway and you're a resident in the hotel for a week. Will the bar restrictions apply to people holidaying in these hotels? Can you go into the restaurant and stay there for the night after you finish your food or stay drinking? Do you have to leave after 105 minutes? This will make a decision on whether or not I'll actually ever think of taking a family holiday in Ireland this year. Can't come on air to chat, but I am thinking of booking a surprise holiday from my wife and family. The restrictions with regards to the limitations, anyway, are the same in a hotel um, and in the restaurant. Uh, and you won't be able to just go in and, you know, drink in the bar. That, those restrictions are the same as in a restaurant or a bar that serves food. Does that oh, answer your question? 105 minutes. Um, I mean, on this program last week, and the evidence that I'm getting is that there is a, a percentage of pubs that serve food 
and the more rural you go, I think this could be said, who won't be asking people to leave after 105 minutes. They're just not going to do it. Um, I hope that answers your question and good luck if you're booking something and, and it's important. Then, of course, if you're on public transport, you need to wear a mask. And uh, there's taxi driver in touch with me asking for clarification with regards to taxi drivers who are completely in the dark. They have no directive given to us. They want to return to work at the moment. There are many taxis forced to, to work on day shifts uh, only the night drivers are working days as there's no work at night. So hopefully that'll change now that restaurants and pubs that serve food are opening. You know what I mean? And also you'll find that people will be taking bookings in hair salons and barbers and nail technicians and aesthetic clinics at nine and 10 o'clock at night. So it might mean that the taxi business will pick up. But I would imagine that public transport would include taxis if that answers your question with regards to um, you know, wearing face masks in public, certainly on public transport. Many people are post, are postulating a deep recession now. I hope they're not twisted enough to blame it on COVID-19 because the recession started last January. We saw it when car sales took a big dip. Our economic policies of boom and bust got us where we are. And the total obsession with the property market means we're repeating the process all over again. The recessions will be 10 times worse after the British finally leave the EU later this year. And it'll crush this country like an empty soda can, uh, says Morris uh, by email. And then there's lots then on the carry on about uh, the Cold K, or sorry, about um, up around the College Road. And a lovely one on the Cold K where Maz Gaffney says, Since hearing Amy Ring on your show talking about her book, The Cold K, I've been making inquiries on where I get my hands on a copy. As a songwriter and from listening to your conversations with Amy and others who contribute to the topic, her book sounds like a songwriter's paradise. To keep me, uh, to me, keeping our Cork and Irish folklore so important. To hear her talking, um, to hear this this morning that someone has already written songs about Andy Gaw is music to my ear. Uh, Neil, please, if the people who have these writings since 1980 want me to have a look at these pieces to carry on singing them, don't hesitate to contact me. I cherish the opportunity. That's Miles Gaffney who loves this city and wants to commend Amy Ring on her super book. And she did it for transition years called the Cold K and if there's updates on the publication of it so you can buy a copy of it I'll let you know all about that as well before we finish this morning in fact maybe a little bit earlier I'm going to play you our latest montage you know every time that uh, we move from phase one into phase two into phase three we do a look back at some of the events on air uh, over the past few months and it's been a long journey since the middle of March hasn't it it really has I mean there were very very scary times I'm not saying that we're far from out of it now and we could end up with spikes and clusters as things open. Who knows what the future holds? But I do recall back at the very beginning, we were in a very, very dark place. You know, everybody was told, stay home, you know, elderly cocoon. The surge is coming. Do you remember? It was awful. It was a real worry and everything was so eerily quiet. You know, I used to go to work in the mornings, come home at lunchtime and there was nothing around, absolutely nothing. You could go for a walk within two kilometers of your, your own home and you saw very few people out and about. Um, so I want to do that wrap, which is uh, an update in about 10 minutes time. You don't have, apparently I'm told now you don't have to wear masks in taxis. It's a private hire. Um, so therefore the same rules don't apply as on a bus. Well, the rule may not apply, but I suppose it wouldn't be a bad idea to give the taxi driver some comfort if you had an old mask to, to put it on. And to the gentleman who was on with the 200 euro voucher, it may come as a small consolation to you, Chris, and your 200 euro voucher that a man called Finbar got in touch. And he is willing to honour your voucher. He doesn't own a shop or anything, but he thinks it's a lousy thing to happen to you. 
He's willing to give you 200 euro and I guess you give him the voucher, which is a lovely touch from a private citizen to do to somebody else. Thank you for it. Nice one. Um, uh, if you look at the back of uh, any kind of a gift card that you might have or a voucher, if it says wire card on the back of it, you could be in trouble with that voucher temporarily anyway, if nothing else, you know. All you can do is just hang on to it for now and think and hope and pray that, uh, you know, wire cards problems are solved and the vouchers are, are honoured. But um, I'll see what the story is with regards to Maham Point not accepting them when they come back to me at some stage this morning. Shout out to my baby brother Logan, who's graduating from primary school today down in St. Mark's School. Um, and uh, good luck to all of them. Hope they have a great day. From your favourite sister, Chelsea. And also, just a quick one, hello to the boys and girls of Mr. Owen's class in Skull Nicklaus in Frankfield, who are graduating at midday today. And that's from Kean. So to all of you who really should be looking forward to your summer holidays now and leaving school for the summer, if you like. But of course, that isn't the case because you've been out for many months. But all will be good for September. Okay, lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. So we know where we're at this morning, right? Many businesses getting an opportunity to reopen, and uh, we spoke with pubs and we spoke with hair salons, and we'll talk some more. Um, you know, many many businesses taking all of the necessary steps to allow people to come back again and spend some money and meet friends and bars that can serve food today, restaurants with physically distancing between. I mean, technically, it's still two meters and. That'll drop in the next week or 10 days, but a lot of people able to travel to different parts of the country for the first time. So where have we been? Well, you know, we've come an awful long way. And today marked the introduction of phase three. And with that in mind, let's look back at some of the events we've dealt with on air over the last few weeks since we moved from phase to phase. It's a good day uh, today and uh, we need to uh, relish it and look forward to the future. But let's look back now. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. Cabinet today agreed to implement all elements of phase two. Summer is not lost. And this can be a summer of hope. Big day on Lee's side today. Penny's is open. The line went pretty fast. I mean, they were supposed to open at half ten, but they opened at nine o'clock, which I'm not complaining about, I suppose, at all. Shar will be queuing now. At least for an hour, I'd say. A woman needs her fluffy socks. <laughs> well, why am I queuing? underwear. <laughs> I said it for me because it's on my brass, bye. It's all right, bud. You say you'd be mortified outside pennies, is it? I just despair to think what our beautiful city is going to look like tomorrow. They can spend their doll or their COVID payment, whatever way they like, I suppose. But, I mean, what are you, what are you saying? That pennies customers are on the dole and BT customers aren't, is it? Uh, well, I mean, you could hear now the caliber of people. I love the Cork accent. Go on away on that. Yesterday, you were praising Brown Thomas for opening, and today, you're lambasting pennies for opening. I didn't get one phone call on the air yesterday asking whether or not people were too close in BT. This morning, I got calls and texts. Oh, you call it BT, do you? <laughs> call it Brown Thomas. I mean, like, maybe a good three, four pairs of each, just to stock up. You bought four um, pairs of shoes? Yeah, I did. <laughs> what queue were you in yesterday? In McDonald's in Blackpool. What are you so desperate for, or is it the kids? It was just a big Mac. <laughs> she said, they have one's pregnant, and all she wants is chips from McDonald's. You said to him, get out of my way, or yeah. I'll knock you down. I wasn't going to do that, Neil, like. I hope not. No, Jesus, no. I'd have been in trouble with the guard, Neil, you yeah. know? Yeah. And would you not go over to Dino's? No. I'm just craving a big Mac now, Neil. I've actually cancelled a meeting to calm down because I'm going to be here for so long. 
my mother ended up in our uh, local hospital in January and unfortunately she contacted COVID and died from COVID um, on the 21st of April and for my mother's funeral we were only allowed 10 people into the church nobody was allowed walk behind the hearse so she had her seven children and three grandchildren in the church her son-in-laws and daughter-in-law all had to sit in their cars in the church ground and then unfortunately you see a big funeral on the television on Sunday and you say to yourself what are you doing? No, I won't give up Yesterday, it was doing the newspaper review and came across your story saying that a second wave is inevitable. It is inevitable if we go through with this plan on schedule. Unfortunately, if we lift all our restrictions and go back to the way we were, the virus hasn't gone. You're saying that he's frightening the living daylights out of people? Absolutely, 100%. They are whipping up fear amongst people who are vulnerable. From last week, very, very hard to deal with customers. They're frustrated, they're fed up with everything, and they just seem to be taking it out on the staff. I know they're frustrated, but it's not my fault. I have had people so close to my face that I felt their spit on my face. The behaviour of some people is just a disgrace. The Black Lives Matter movement is international. It's showing support. It's showing support in the fact that black lives do matter. It's not saying white lives don't matter. Tanya says that protest was an insult to all HSC staff that have worked so damn hard for this stupidity. All of our efforts have gone out the window. No distancing, no respect. adults and two small kids for a week in Spain yeah. or Portugal. To go all inclusive 1100 flights included. And a West Cork hotel then, two adults, two children, five nights, 1425 euro breakfast yeah. only. You want to know, does anybody house swap anymore? Look, we're on a reduced income. We're just getting by. It's been really hard the last couple of weeks, and now we're just starting to get out of it. And that massive expense, for me, it would be a case, okay, do I pay the mortgage this month, or do I take the kids up for a holiday? That's yeah. dangerous, like, you know? You have 90 minutes to sit at the table, and you got to be out. And the meal must be worth €9. Euros. So what would that be like? Chicken and chips, a curry... Maybe those slice of lasagna. Can you imagine, like, you know, having to announce every 90 minutes or 105 minutes, you know, right, lads, finish up, time, please. It's crazy. I mean, my, my customers won't be going for that. Like, we wait till the 20th of July till the public house itself proper opens. Dear Steve Shuck, my name is Simon Casey. I am eight years old. I thank you for all the work you did to protect and mind our country from the coronavirus. P.S. When will children be able to shop in Smith's stores again? <laughs> you got a reply from the T-shirt, didn't you, little man? Yes. What did he say? He said, will you continue to take care of your family? Because that is so important. We need all our heroes, and I know I can depend on you. With best wishes, Leo Varadkar. How did that make you feel when that letter came in the door? It made me feel wonderful. After studying the expert advice, Cabinet today approved the rephasing of the roadmap. Most things are now being moved to phase three, beginning on Monday the 29th of June. I'm making this announcement today to give people time to prepare so the places can be ready to reopen. 
for example, churches and places of worship, and yes, hairdressers, beauticians and barbershops. If I wanted highlights and my nails done on Monday, which I don't, can I get in? Not on Monday, no. I think for the hair side, they're booked out until the end of July at least. <laughs> August! You know, it, it's crazy, it is, like, but we're excited. asked whether there's a limit to what we can achieve. My answer is that limit does not exist. We've been here before and we know the way out.
Fleetwood Mac wrapping up our latest montage. Look back at the events of the previous weeks or so as we went from phase two to today, which is phase three. That was very enjoyable. Thank you, Mark. Well done. And as we go from this to stage four or phase four on July 21st, we'll do it again on July 21st there or thereabouts when we say goodbye to all of the restrictions in every way, shape or form. And of course, that could be sooner. There could be changes on the 9th of July. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But we'll look back fondly as well at at more on-air memories. And then when all of this is over, we'll patch all of those montages together and we'll play the entire journey from mid-March right up to date. So that'll be something to do at that point in time as we look back and all we've been through and these strange times we've been living in. I hope you're keeping well, says Siobhan. Just a quick message to say thank you so much for the Tom Durkin meat hamper voucher. I emailed in to nominate my mum and granddad, says Siobhan Hughes. Granddad hadn't seen my nana since the start of the lockdown. And having been married 62 years, it was very difficult for both of them. Anyway, I collected the hamper from the English market on Friday and dropped it down to him and he was thrilled. He also saw my nana for the first time on Friday. This would have been last Friday week. So all around, it was a great day. Thanks so much for the positivity that you bring into our week. I told you my granddad loves a bargain. And when he saw how much meat he won, I don't think I've ever seen him smile so big. Thanks again. It's truly appreciated, says Siobhan, who contacted me on my Facebook page. And so did Judy with a lovely, lovely story. Morning to Judy Peps, because I was down in West Cork, uh, went visiting there and checking out all sorts of beautiful places a few weeks back. And she was saying, great pics. And there is truly nothing better than West Cork or indeed when you're down there as you were because I got a ham and turkey salad roll in the local shop in Ross Carberry she says I would compliment it with a bag of hunky dories next time though please give a shout out to me and my sister both working on the front line we're twins and we're turning 40 on the 4th of July Gemma and Judith O'Leary P.S. this is funny P.S. my dad was your was in your class Haha, <laughs> we always wind him up and say, Dad, you were in Prender's class like. Uh, my mum loves you, tunes in every day since your days way, way back. We'd slag him over that. Dad's a great man, worked hard scaffolding and physical jobs all his life. He was a super smart guy. Uh, amazing the way life uh, has different books and chapters for each and every one of us. From all the O'Leary's, reared on Prender's we were, says she. Lovely text. Thank you for that, Judy. We'll organise something nice for you or indeed your dad, some one of our vouchers. Uh, and then Miriam says, great pictures of your trip. Um, I try and head out to different areas every weekend. Could you please give a shout out to my son, Kevin, who works in Super Value Mayfield. He's worked long hours with his friends to make sure the shelves were filled for next day's trading. They haven't gone, uh, they've, they've even gone into work at eight o'clock at night to work through the night. So the weekends, the staff and the stock, the shelves will be stocked. Uh, and they work through until 3 a.m. waiting for deliveries to put them on shelves for the next morning. A nice treat to show that they're appreciated, says Miriam. Absolutely. We've got to bear in mind that many people in retail worked all sorts of crazy hours to keep those shelves stocked. And I think it's fair to say in hindsight, we didn't really run out of anything, you know? Remember toilet roll gate way back in the day? Never happened. Plenty of it to go around. And the businesses that reopened this morning are delighted to welcome everybody back. I was talking about this morning about lovely photographs in the Echo from Nash 19, from Idaho Cafe. Lots of the pubs have been in touch with us and we had Jono's on the air. The Elm Tree reopens as well today. That's a big establishment. Should be able to cater for an awful lot of people. And Lorraine O'Neill looks after a lot of their marketing PR this morning. She was listening. Lorraine, good morning. Good morning, Neil. So how how's you? it been? How's Derek? <laughs> how's Lorraine? How are all the staff? 
They're very good. Everybody's back and delighted to be back. Okay, yeah. and what are bookings you know, like? Yeah. Bookings are fantastic, you know. It's, they've been flying in all along. Lisa's been handling them here. So it seems to be coming back to the same level. And, you know, we're, we're lucky, Neil, you know, with the bank lounge in the Elm Tree. Yeah. So that's been converted to part of the restaurant now as well. So luckily, Derek plans it very well. So we're not losing any seats now that we're reopened for sit-down customers. Okay. Do they do, are they open yet? Do they do breakfast? John O's were serving a pint of Guinness this morning. <laughs> When's your first pint going to go across the country? <laughs> well, I'd say hope, is our first pint going across the country, Keith, today? Yes, he's just telling me, yes, <laughs> I'm just asking people here, and he said, yes, one pint has got across. We have an elderly man that has been coming in here for years, so he'd come in for a pint and a chaser, so I think he's oh, planned it in today for that. so lovely. Yeah. That story alone is worth this morning to me. That's somebody who had his routine, elderly chap, Absolutely. liked the company, and a little pint yeah. and drop. It's lovely. That's it. You'd see him walking down as I drive in the morning, so you know what, it's nice to get that bit of normal. Isn't it lovely to have his routine back again from? Definitely. And you know, for old people, that they need it, you know, everybody craves that bit of routine and normality. I know, I know, I know. But you're taking bookings at the Elm Tree and and you know me now, I'm going to be tapping you up for something for nothing. No problem. Well, Derek has said to me already that we've been listening, Neil, as we always do, and you've been so supportive to people. Derek had said please make sure we get vouchers to Neil because listening in to the people that aren't uh, getting the vouchers on it, so we definitely will be delivering them over. I'll deliver lunch vouchers over for anybody you feel would like to come and, and join us. Okay, well, there's a long week there and I'll find them all a good home, alright? <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, You're Neil. the greatest. Thanks, Lorraine. Yeah, I just support. You're more than welcome. I love the M3. Anytime I ask them for something, I almost have like a green card. If you need to do something, just do it. You don't have to ask. They're wonderful people. Support local. That's what it's all about. So when I get those, we'll give them away. Melissa, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How Tell, are you? I'm well. Tell me all about all of the boutiques that are open this morning. <laughs> when, when you say boutique, what are you talking about? I'm talking about eyebrows. I mean, the owner of the Brow Bar Boutique in Cork, Middleton, Dungarvan, and soon to be this week in the heart of Blackrock Village. And are you saying, are you oh, yes, you t- didn't you take on a lot of the staff from Debenhams? I did. I took on five girls in total, Neil. So the same... When Debenham's closed in Blackrock and in Cork City, I had a couple of vacancies and I said, you know what, now those girls, they're highly trained. I'm ex-Debenham's myself, so I'm able to take on five girls. So I'm delighted. Well done. Isn't that what it's all about? That's fantastic. So, you know, in order to in order to find something for them to do, you then had to open a new outlet. I did. I did. I think I'm the only lunatic during COVID to open up another premises. So that's opening this Thursday in the heart of Blackrock. So super, super excited. And are you telling me that there actually are salons where women go just to get their eyebrows done? Well, and this morning, though, we nearly got out the hedge trimmers, Neil, to be honest with you, because we're working away the three months of growth. But yes, people come into us, they get their eyebrows, their eyelashes, their lip wax, um, any facial waxing. We're, we're, um, what can I say? We're um, magicians, magicians, not beauticians. <laughs> <laughs> magicians, not beauticians. I love it. And what was it like this morning then when you were welcoming customers back? 
Oh, it's very different. Um, I was delighted. I, I got great messages of support over the weekend, which was a great boost. I'm in town since about half seven this morning with the nerves, but the customers are delighted to be back. The salon side, Cork City, got a refit during COVID because of the way it was. I couldn't have as many clients in, but they're, everyone's delighted to be back and back into the swing of things. Thrilled. I'm delighted for you, particularly the Thank new you. salon in Blackrock Village. I wish you all the so success I- in the world. Thank you so much. And I have a great bunch of girls from Denham. They're going to be working there alongside myself. So it's great. It's great for Cork. It's hard enough having COVID. And I think losing your job on top of it, it just oh, makes Oh, that was a wonderful thing you did. Well done. And I know that they'll, do you, you, so they'll do you proud. So good luck with all of that, Melissa. Thanks so much for and taking the call. Thank you. And thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. Brenda says, brows are the boobs of the face. What does that mean? Oh, oh okay. use your imagination now, Neil. <laughs> No, it's way above my pay grade. But anyway, well done, Melissa. Take care. Cheers. Thank you Take so care. much. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Lines open at one eight. What about the men, though? Um, do, can men get their eyebrows? Don't they say never trust? Did you ever hear that? Never trust a man who eyebrows meet. I'm not quite sure what the next line is to do with that one. But I'm sure there is a second line to go with it that escapes me right now. Anyway, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. A big shout out, perhaps a voucher also for maybe a pizza or a voucher of my son who was sixteen recently. Couldn't celebrate it as we as I worked long hours on the front line, so he missed out. He was stuck indoors since the restrictions and lockdown started, and there would be a lovely treat for him for a change. Uh, and that's from Paula Lucy, who's in uh, Liffey Park in Mayfield, on behalf of her son. Don't know his name. Oh, my God. Nameless young fella. Voucher for him, though. Back after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Yes, indeed. And I'll pick up on an awful lot of other business in the morning now. Throughout the course of the morning to different callers, they gave away some gifts and prizes. But for some of the shout-outs this morning, we've got ramen vouchers. We have the last of the roosters, Piri Piri vouchers as well today. And we have ramen Asian street food for... Their uh, branches, any of the branches, they're pretty much all back to business now doing click and collect. And, of course, from today, uh, sit down. Also, I have the Clancy's vouchers to give away now. Some of the Clancy's vouchers will be given away to uh, shout-outs. If you get in touch with me, others will be given away to callers throughout the week, particularly one very special voucher that we have to give away every single day, and that's the meal for four. Uh, with friends and there'll be bubbles there as well inside in Clancy's. On top of all of that, I'm also going to be giving away some of the Clancy's vouchers on my Instagram page. If you're following me, then uh, hang in there. I'll be posting a note on Instagram. If you're not following me, perhaps you might think about it. But meanwhile, uh, we'll close the phone lines now with a couple of vouchers as well for Clancy's callers 9 and 10. We also have JFM vouchers to give away, which I probably will deal with tomorrow and also the Elm Tree over the coming days as well. Uh, but there's just one thing. with I was talking about brows there and, uh, you know, the brow bar. And well done to Melissa for opening a new location and also employing some of the Debenham staff. But there is a line about not trusting people whose eyebrows meet, isn't there, Ellen? Sorry, sir. What is it? Beware of the man whose eyebrows, whose eyebrows meet because in his eyes there is deceit. And... Why do people say that? Do you know? I mean, did, like, where did you... Did your mam say that or, or what? Yeah. And was it a warning to you? Was. And did you heed it? Yeah. Never trust a man whose eyebrows meet for in his in eyes... In his eyes there is deceit. There's another version of it here. Never trust a man whose eyebrows meet for in this world you he will beat. Did you ever hear that one? No, I never heard that one, no. 
So did you measure up men then on the distance between their eyebrows? You did? I did. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for finishing it for me. I couldn't remember the second line. Appreciate that. Say Have it again. Never trust it. What? Have you any pizza for me? Do you like pizza? Yeah. I have no pizza, but I have roosters or ramen or something like that for you, all right? Yeah, very good. Well done. <laughs> well done. Why not? If you don't ask, you won't get. So never, what was it again? Hang on a second. Um, never trust a man whose eyebrows meet, for in his eyes there is deceit. Another one here. Beware of men whose eyebrows meet, for in their heart there is deceit. Thank you for that, Neo. Another one. Because in his heart there lies conceit. So it got changed in many different ways. Right, lines are open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. And to callers nine and ten, we have vouchers to give away for lunch for you and whomever you choose to take with you to Clancy's. They, like many other businesses, are open for business today. So we've come so far, and so far so good. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? We can only live day to day and move along. But a lot more restrictions lifted, a lot more things to be able to do. And I'm glad to have been able to share some of those stories of people who did get out and about, uh, particularly restaurants and bars and brows and nails and hair and all sorts of things like that. We'll pick it up in the morning. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.